0: It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show and you can bring up anything you want to discuss here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you here in the studio tonight is Ian. Aria. A little bit of an update on the Crypto 6 case. In my case, I met with my attorney today and we got the... Uh, order from the judge on reducing my, do you even call it bail conditions? Pre-sentencing conditions, I guess. It's not really bail at this point. It's, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't Pre-sentencing conditions.
1: I guess they do have some sort of terminology. It was, pre-super, it was pre-trial supervised release. Yeah. Uh, that was what I was on. And uh, that was what you were on prior to the trial. But of right. course, this is post-trial.
0: C- post-conviction, so, post-trial. Um, anyway, so... The question was, you know, hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm not a problem here for the uh, the probation officer. Yep. Can we just go ahead and reduce the conditions, which I had home confinement. I don't think, were you ever on home confinement? I was never under, under a home confinement,
1: no. Right. They were far more worried about my internet usage than they were where I physically were. I mean, I've been right. all over the United States. I've done more traveling since yeah, on you know, supervised release than probably at any other point in my life.
0: Uh, so that has been granted. I'm now under what they call a curfew instead of home confinement. So instead of having to put in, so this has all actually happened before. Did they ever
1: put you back on the ankle monitor? No, thankfully no. I have the
0: new version, which is the app that buzzes me three times a day and I have to take a picture where I'm at within 15 minutes. A little
1: bit less restrictive. I mean, technically you have to stay within 15 minutes of your house, I suppose. Which isn't bad.
0: I mean, that's fine. We don't walk the dog crazy lengths of uh, distance. So yeah, it lets me walk the dog without any real issue, and uh, and it's not a, cl- you know, clumsy device that's wrapped to my ankle twenty four hours a day. So from that perspective, it was a step forward. But we went through all this before, where previously yes, I did. had an ankle monitor on. We had to ask to have that removed, and it took like you know, it took a year before we were able to do the ask, and then we did, and it was it was granted. And then this time around, uh,
1: there's also the fact that you had. Um your monitoring software was removed at one point you were allowed to actually have unrestricted well not unrestricted but unmonitored access to internet and computers and stuff for like a very short three week ish yeah, or so basically period during
0: the trial yeah like a week before the trial
1: which obviously it makes sense like hey we're trying this guy none of the digital surveillance that we've done at him was remotely useful to anyone it was just a hassle so can we get that off there but like as soon as the trial was over, the prosecutor's like, "Hey, can we get that back on there?" Like,
0: and it's back.
1: What are you yeah. gonna do with internet access, man? Yeah, like, that's you can't leave the country. So anything that you could uh, theoretically do is dead in the water already.
0: Yeah, so that's back, and so the restrictions are back. But we did reduce it to a curfew today. Um, but it's not as good of a curfew as what I had last time, because I had out until 11 o'clock at night last time, and now it's only 7 o'clock at, uh, at night. But, you know, hey, it is what it is. So,
1: What time do you get to leave? Because it's like a window, right? It's like 6, 6 a.m.?
0: Okay. Yeah. <sighs> which was rough. 9 a.m., now it's 6 a.m. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that probably means I'll be able to go up to the Porcupine Freedom Festival for at least one day, kind of like last year, where we went up and I gave a speech and hung out with people for the day and then went back. We'll have to leave earlier um, but there's a special motion in that my lawyer filed today uh, called an expedited motion. Because normally, when you file a motion, the prosecution has two weeks to respond to the motion before the judge then can rule on it.
1: Yeah, and in two weeks, I mean, I'll be packing up to go to Forkfest.
0: Right? right. So we need this thing decided quickly. And I guess, you know, expedited is a thing if the lawyers don't do it too often or whatever. I don't know what the rules are around it, but it hasn't really happened in, in this case. So. Sisti uh, filed an expedited motion to specifically get permission to allow me to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and Fork Fest. And, you know, hey, you know, I can check in from the app there or whatever it is yeah. I, I gotta do. It's My gut
1: tells me that it, it should that it shouldn't be an issue. And it's I don't think work. the judge will have an issue with it. Like yeah. he did say he wasn't inclined to let you leave the district. Which that's means, not what I'm asking for. Right, which means the state of New Hampshire, for those who have never played around in the federal court system, they call them districts instead yep. of states, but what he means Correct. is the state of New Hampshire. And technically, to take 91 up to Lancaster, you do go in and out of Vermont, but that's not even necessary. You could take a different route there.
0: I if, could go up through New Hampshire, sure. Yeah, yeah, if
1: that's even an issue to them, but I doubt that would be an issue. And the judge has proven to be very open-minded and very reasonable
0: he seems
2: to be he wants you to run
0: oh Oh, and mark's Mark's with us by the way sorry i forgot to uh, join the room thank you yeah the service in this place sucks
1: as i understand (laughs) it the judge wants to appear to be liberal and progressive Hmm. that that's what i've been told
0: okay Uh, he was appointed by like george bush or something though
1: progressive was the word that was used not liberal i see but i mean he does seem to be more i i I don't know anything about his politics but me neither he does seem to be less law and order, bang the gavel, you're all guilty, hang 'em, than what I would expect of most federal judges.
0: Well, we'll see how it goes with this. Uh, the motion's in, and within hours of it being filed, the judge had issued an order saying the prosecution must reply by tomorrow. That's what so, suggests
1: that the judge is going to be okay with it, because like he gave them 24,
0: 24 hours, hours yeah. to
1: respond to this. And
0: that so, suggests to me that, that maybe like, standard though that might be a, like a standard expedited thing. Anyway, what, Mark?
2: So this doesn't have anything to do with you going to Talker's uh, New Media Seminar. Oh right? no, I wasn't
0: going to ask for that because I'm specifically not allowed to leave the state, so I'm not going to ask for permission for
2: that. Is are you not allowed to leave the state or New England? I mean, uh, the, the state, state. the District of New Hampshire. So I know it's a federal court judge, and no. in this case, it's the District of New Hampshire. But question. Um, point of order, the <laughs> it is the first uh, circuit or something like that, right? Um, so wouldn't you be able to get, stay within the first circuit? No,
0: the restrictions on me are specifically the district of New Hampshire.
2: Yeah,
1: okay. and I, d- I don't know if it's worth like fighting the judge and making him angry, no, like not worth it. violating the, the letter, the spirit, but not the letter of what he wrote in order to go to this convention in Long Island that I don't it's, think you care much about in the first
0: place. I, I mean, I like the convention, but it isn't going to change much whether we go or not. I mean, I think Mark pointed out, that uh, somebody pointed out, I don't know who this person was, Mark, but you shared something with us earlier that some people are kind of tired of the uh, the repetitiveness of the the talkers' convention. And, and to be fair, it, it does have that tendency you know they've been they've been telling the talk show hosts the same thing for years. Like you got to get on the internet, guys. You got to. That's
2: <laughs> basically it's hundred and twenty year old technology. Of course, it's repeats. You got to
0: get on the internet. Well, I've never been to this thing, but if I get
1: permission to go, oh, I suspect that will make it a little bit different because yeah, I doubt be they've ever had an openly trans person there.
0: I cannot recall ever seeing that. And no, the, do you? I you don't recall that ever that seeing point? it? Yeah, and I mean, I now, know. W- I want and to you, see the conservative you attract more
2: attention than your average openly trans person. Yeah, no, that's had, by design.
0: They've had Al Franken there and I suspect he's probably put a wig on at some point in his life, <laughs> but uh no, yeah, that's about it. I want to see the
1: conservative re- reactions to my yeah. predecessor. Uh I looked at the heavy hundred for 2022 for talk radio at least and they weren't all uh Republicans from what I could tell, like uh This was it 2023?
2: Uh, 2023. 2023, right?
1: Not not that I found.
0: It's got to be coming out real soon if it's not out yet.
1: Yeah, I looked for it because I'm curious whether or not Free Talk Live moved up a spot or down a spot or just stayed in number 24, which is where we were at last year. But I couldn't find it. I did find 2022. And Charlemagne the Great is this hip-hop guy. I don't know anything about him, but he's definitely not a conservative Republican. So he's at least there, or at least he Isn't was it in not Charlemagne the God? I, I don't know, man. I don't listen to that stuff. I listen to rock. He's Charlemagne something.
0: I'm I am guessing Charlemagne the God. The uh, Talkers' heavy hundred list will have to come out this week. I mean, they...
2: They usually do it before the it, convention, right? It,
0: yeah, it used to come out in February, and then it was like March, and then April. So they've, they've pushed it back year after year, and normally they have to have it out before the convention because that's when they award the big free speech award, which I was awarded last year. And thank you to Talkers for, uh, for doing that. Um, one of the few people who wasn't able to come and actually accept the award, but Mark Day uh, did give an excellent speech. And there's video of that if you go to the, I think, the Free Talk Live, maybe YouTube, definitely Odyssey channel.
2: I'd like to thank all of the little people.
0: You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so anyway, that's just, I wanted to give people an update. And and by
2: the way, thanks to everybody who's written you know where that comes from, Ian? No, not offhand. Or- Barbara Streisand. Ah, that <laughs> sounds that. exactly
1: was, right. I mean, that's what I it, would sort of expect.
2: Yeah, I think it was uh, the acceptance for Yentl. And, like, I think she meant it in all the right ways. And, right, like, compared to Barbara Streisand, all the people who worked in the movie are little people. And uh, without their help, things wouldn't have, wouldn't have happened the way they were supposed to happen. And it, what's the difference between? I'd like to thank all the people that made this possible versus all the little people. I like, really, I <laughs> should just shorten the sentence. But boy, oh boy, Damn. did that not resonate? I <laughs> did. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, so letters, by the way, you can still send if you want to uh, send a letter to the judge on my behalf. We're still accepting those. Uh, you can go to letters.freetalklive.com. You might have thought about doing it before and then you forgot. Good news is my uh, sentencing was delayed. It was going to be in April. It's now going to be July 17th. So we still have time. If you want to send something, you can get instructions. In theory. You can get an address uh, over at letters.freetalklive.com. And again, thank you to the over 100 people. That, I've got that July
2: 16th as a Sunday.
0: It's the seventeenth, so that would be the the okay. next day. I, yep. Well, uh, I hope
1: it doesn't get pushed back again. I mean, mine was pushed
2: back mm-hmm. repeatedly.
0: We're like, still waiting on another pre-sentencing report from uh, probation
2: yeah. at this point. Cause. Aria, I will take as many pushbacks as I can get in this circumstance. Uh,
1: I'm aware that you are, but you're not the one who's like watching the light at the end of the tunnel constantly move further away, right? Or well, or closer as as the case may be, because it's actually a freight train or whatever. But let, let, it's easy when Let me make
2: my argument. Thank you. You're right. Absolutely. I do not sit there um, in your or Ian's shoes. Um, it's certainly not your shirt today. It but, is Top um, Tuesday. Yeah. He's not wearing a shirt, is he? I he am. I haven't. We weren't,
0: we weren't connected with him before the show. That's true. true. We
2: were busy. The, um, the point is, is that you will most assuredly, Aria, be have gone to jail at that point and the yes. longer that Ian's is delayed, the more likely I am not stuck too hostless, which could be pretty bad for free talk live. It probably requires me to um, it requires me to do a lot of different things that I've been doing. Right. Recently.
1: Yeah, I understand. And from that perspective, you know, I, I mean, obviously, I'm hoping that Ian doesn't go to prison, right? I'm, I'm going to prison, and that's not going to change. That's why if someone wants to actually do something, they're concerned about this. Letters.freetalklive.com is the way to go because I'm going to prison. That's not changing. That's going to happen. But Ian doesn't have to go to prison at this point. And we're hoping and that he never has to go. Speaking that of is which a possibility,
0: because appeal What's
1: your is day? an option.
2: What is your day, Aria?
1: Uh, I'd have to check to be sure. I think it's June the 27th. It's either the 26th or the 27th. It's the Tuesday of whatever, whichever one that is. I that's i
0: constantly 26th. 20 20 oh, wait. Yeah, 27th. Yeah. yeah,
1: I constantly mix them up. But now, that's what it is. Did yeah.
0: they tell you yet where?
1: No. And I don't expect they're going to until mm-hmm. like the very last minute. Okay,
0: probably. Yeah. Knowing government. Cause,
1: yeah, because yeah, that's the government, right? Why They're not in a hurry. It's not their life, right? They don't yep. care. But it's, you know, the whole thing has been assigned to some board. I do get asked a lot, you know, well, are you going to a men's prison or a women's prison or where are you going? I bet you do. uh, But yeah, but like, guys, this is the federal government. Like, these are the same people who manage the DMV. Well, it's not really the same people, the same institution, but you know what I mean.
2: They're not good. Same organizational model.
1: Yeah, they're not good at anything.
0: The guy in the, uh, there's a gentleman who sent a letter and he asked us to not name him, but um he's in the midwest we'll say that uh and he is in a federal facility there and he said it's like living at the dmv
1: yeah 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 he did (laughs) maybe that's why the the idea was stuck in my head
0: you know you're gonna deal with some pettiness you're gonna deal with bureaucracy my concern and,
1: is that i have to self-report which means i'm yeah. going to be in one of the camps and not one of the prisons that's why the letter you know until i realized what he was saying it kind of bothered me i was like oh man this is gonna be a lot worse than i've been expecting but then he was like oh but i haven't been in a camp and he's so minimum security right. and i'm going to end up in a camp as far as we can tell because i'm self-reporting so i'm like the lowest of low security like i'm mm. going and turning myself in. you can't get lower security right. than that and and i have absolutely no criminal history i've college educated all if there's a list online that you can tell what your
2: what your classification
1: level would be okay mark thanks but you can look (laughs) online to see what your classification as a criminal would be and like i don't even get a single point at any point during the thing so i'm zero points other than the actual crime itself which Mm. was a nonviolent crime but anyway so i don't know but i do have to self-report on june 27th at 2 p.m and i don't know where i'm supposed to self-report to and how how does this work do do i do i get an uber there i mean (laughs) do i go to the local jailhouse and get them to transport me there's nothing that's been communicated to me about this and nothing will be communicated to me about this until the last Last minute minute. when i'm at pork fest (laughs) right and they're like hey by the way we figured it out you're going to Devon's, massachusetts have a good time see you tuesday right
0: yeah Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to have you drop off in Concord and then ship you down or if you're going to have to go to the actual facility yourself and get dropped off by a friend or or whatever.
2: I don't know. It's crazy. How long do you expect to to stay at this point, Aria? Uh,
1: I'm sentenced to 18 18 months. It is an 18 month sentence, but with the First Step Act and all of these other things, and a lot of it, you have to be pursuing like a degree to get some of the things knocked off. I'm likely. Is if some people have said six to nine months. As I look more into it, it's more it's more likely going to be twelve to fifteen realistically, and I may get it may be twelve with three additional months on on house arrest or something along those lines. But most likely, I would say fifteen months.
2: We have okay, Well, no pursue a degree, huh? Pursue a degree. There's she already nothing, has a degree.
1: Yeah, there, and there's nothing I you could get a get degree in in 15 months that I would want a degree in. Like mm-hmm. if I was going to get a degree, it would be in like uh, theology or pre or early mm-hmm. Christian you know, history or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm really fascinated and interested in, but you're not getting a, an associate's degree in early you Christian have to get history.
2: The, do you have to get the degree in order to get the uh, time off? I don't know.
1: I mean I'm going to do every well, I'm going to avail myself of every opportunity to get out of there faster. You don't have to tell me to do everything I can to get out of there faster. Right. I don't want to be in prison. So anything I can do mm-hmm. short of granting people sexual favors to get myself out faster <laughs> actual, I'm going to be doing.
0: He uh, the guy that wrote uh, the letter today he actually says that if you take people up on sexual offers it could get you in trouble.
1: Well yeah, I would prison. imagine so. Yeah, right? They don't so, want that.
0: Yeah, probably should. What's
2: the story behind that?
1: It depends on the facility as well. Like, well, you're not allowed to to self engage in these acts in a lot of prisons. It's considered self mutilation in places. You're not allowed to be happy. You're supposed to be
2: Mm -hmm. miserable. It's prison. They don't want people experiencing pleasure.
0: Yeah, I mean, as you know, Mark, if you if you're somebody
2: uh, makes you an offer and then goes and tattles.
1: I don't want anyone doing me any favors about anything while I'm in prison. And anyone who wants favors done for them while they're in prison is going to have a bad time. I don't care if you want to give me a Twinkie. I don't want it. No, thank you. I'll buy my own.
0: Whether it's tattling or not, you know, it could get caught. And yeah. then, you know, you get punished. And that would include loss of good time, for instance, uh, likely in that case. Let's go to the phones here. We got uh, Renee on the line. He's usually in Louisiana. Renee.
3: Yeah. What kind of subjects can that talk about?
0: Renee, this is a talk show where you call in and you get to talk about the things you want to talk about. We're talking about prison right now. Yeah, prison. That's something.
3: Uh, I want to talk about the. Yeah, uh, it is.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Renee. What? What were you going to say? You want to talk about something?
3: Well, well, well. Relate, relate to prison. My attitude and my opinion to more, towards judges uh, they're most they're mostly wordless because they're not fair. They're, they're biased, and they don't do a good job of uh, rehabilitating society, which is supposed to be their job, as well as punishing people or making mm-hmm. decisions. They, they, they're, they're, it's like the correction system is—I uh, don't know if it ever was good, but it's definitely broken.
1: I mean, you're absolutely right. Every indication that everything you know—what that was filed in regard to my sentencing— Pointed to the fact that the best thing to be done to rehabilitate me or to make me a better person or whatever terminology they want to use would have been to mandate a year of therapy
4: mm-hmm.
1: or some something along those lines. And instead, it's 18 months in prison. Rehabilitation hasn't been the goal of the prison system in my entire life, and no. I'm surprised that even gets mentioned in normal conversations. It's solely an they avenue for like punishing people.
0: Though. Yeah, they they like to right. pretend like it's for corrections.
2: Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, I mean, when you think about the judge's position here, imagine for a second that you go for your uh, your sentence to a year's worth of, uh, you know, talking to a therapist and all that stuff. And then you go and you commit some other crime. Right. Um, You know, if if they send you to prison and you get out and commit a crime, well, at the very least, he did all he could. He sentenced him to prison, or sentenced you to prison. Um, And that's sort of true, but my recidivism rate
1: was uh, like 0.2 percent, or something. I don't remember the exact rate. This was like an estimate
0: of recidivism, the the likelihood of recidivism of
1: people in my condition, Mm -hmm. my status, my whatever, my life, who are similar. They have a 0.2 percent chance of reoffending at some point. So there's like one in five hundred people who would be sentenced in this charge. Mm -hmm. Would be likely to commit another another crime. It's meaningless. You're not going to
0: go right out and start selling Bitcoin again without government paperwork or whatever. Even though, you know, I don't think it's not unless you win your appeals. Yeah, I don't think it should be illegal. But uh, I know these people are psychopaths, and they will come in with guns pointed at you and possibly shoot your dog uh, if you don't get their stupid paperwork.
1: They did all of that except shoot my dog. I did not have a dog at the time, and thankfully uh, they did not shoot my cats. Yeah.
3: Well, um, well, my thing is. My thing is that not not all offenders are equal. It, it counts on how severe uh, they, they've they done their, their offenses. You know, for bootlegging and selling stuff against the law, that, that's that's American tradition. That's why the colonists made a lot of money against the British Empire until finally they had a revolt and went against the British Empire. That's that extra money stuff. And how it's illegal and wrong and immoral, you know. But there are serious offenses that, I would say the judicial system could be revengeful, or uh, how, how you say that, redress. And then there's some people that aren't really that bad off. That they, you know, it's a minor infraction. They should just be rehabilitated or uh, check in, say hi, how you doing, how's your problem? And like she said, uh, like the person said, uh, you know, she said, uh, get some therapy. You know, not not everybody should be treated equally.
0: Um, yeah well I the mean, prisons we are friends, filled with uh, not, victimless well, criminals Renee. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, the prisons are filled with victimless criminals and this is it's an industry, right? Like they want to have bodies in cells. So if it's a bureaucracy, because you know they got the private prisons and then they got the government prisons if it's a bureaucracy they have the same incentive that every other bureaucracy has which is to say we need more bureaucrats we need more prisons we need to keep this thing going we got a good thing going here we got all this money coming in and the same thing's true of these private prisons because they don't really have competition they're just essentially like government approved private entities that run these prisons. So the private prisons want to make sure they get more money coming in. So they want the government people to keep arresting marijuana users or other victimless criminals to fill up those cells. I mean, the, the incentives aren't very different between the bureaucracy and the, the private well, prisons.
2: Renee really hit it on the head, whether he intended to or not in this circumstance, he said, well, you know, some people depending on the circumstances, they have a, they, they, they need to be punished uh, severely or whatever he said. Um, and uh, in that just comes down to a story, right? Who told me the most interesting story, the most believable story? And, you know, in your case, uh, they can't, the, the prosecution told a really great story about some people who had money taken by somebody who wasn't you. And the jury only had one person they could go after.
0: The number here is 603-283-6160. You can bring up anything you want to discuss. Apparently uh, drone strikes in Moscow happened recently. And you can also bring up anything here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash, digital cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In 2022, Dash launched a killer app that allows you to spend Dash at over 155,000 locations across the United States, including major retailers, and you get a discount for paying with Dash. Finally, a reason to spend your crypto. It's called Dash Direct. Get it on your Apple or Android App Store. The stores on Dash Direct. Each offer their own discount level, but some are as high as 8 to 9% off. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. dash.org It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And since we're talking about prison in the Crypto 6 case, I know, Aria, you've got an El Salvador prison update. Get that ready. We'll get to it here in a little bit. We've got some callers on yeah. the line. Uh, the number, again, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live, by the, uh, by the way, this hour, brought to you by Dash. It's digital cash. Dash is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. That was the original vision, and uh, like almost a decade ago, and they've stuck with it, which is one of the great things about Dash. There just aren't very many cryptocurrencies that focus on actually being useful in the real world. And uh, Dash does a great job of it. Uh, you've, you can actually get them on a bunch of exchanges because, again, they've been around a long time. They're in multi-crypto wallets all over the place. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. We had a great interview with uh, Ryan Sovereign, who is one of the folks from the Dash uh, incubator over the weekend. So if you missed that episode and you want to learn a lot about Dash, it was really an in-depth uh, interview. Uh, grab Saturday Night Show from archives.freetalklive.com and uh, check that one out. But from a technical standpoint... Dash transactions are irreversible, and the network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. We actually got into kind of the little bit more of the the meat of chain locks without getting too technical. We kind of got some explanation as to to how that works, how Dash is protected when pretty much every other chain uh, is not. There's no need Very to wait. Cool, for, I'm going to yeah, have to
1: listen to that episode.
0: Yeah, there's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. So it is great for merchants and you can go to learn more over at dash.org once again that is dash.org by the way fees for dash is uh typically less than one cent per transaction uh bonnie said she was checking the price between a bitcoin transaction and a dash transaction just the other day when she was buying lunch over at the mighty moose mart here in town and the bitcoin transaction would have been three dollars and 40 cents and the Dash transaction was way less than one cent. So, you know, there's one that's useful and one that's not. So, big thanks to the Dash Decentralized Organization for sending us, uh, Decentralized Autonomous Organization for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org and learn more about Dash at Dash.org. Let's go to the phones here and to your calls and thoughts. Tim is in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tim.
5: Yeah, uh well I did call about my dog, uh but I did have a, just a couple of comments on the upcoming imprisonment or possibility of uh, um well it's yeah, definite for yeah. Arya
0: at this point unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
5: But you can always say do you like to read Arya? I love reading. You know, you take advantage of the time because I, I presume you'll have access to a library there.
1: I intend to spend more time writing than reading cuz by trade I'm 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 a writer. That's what I did before I ever put a microphone in front of my face and I prefer writing. I just I don't have the time or the political energy to do a large amount of writing mm-hmm. and a large amount of talk radio while also doing the, you know, 50 hours a week at the place that I was working at. So right. something fell away and that happened to be the writing, but you know, there's plenty of time and it's something I enjoy doing, and that's what I'm going to end up. The first time I was ever in jail, right? I was kept in solitary confinement, this little holding cell. Um, you
0: mean on the arrest for the no, crypto six? No,
1: this was when I was like 17 or something. Okay. First time I was ever arrested, and it was a miserable experience. I I was just shoved into this concrete room with by myself, and I stayed there for about two days. Hmm. And there was literally not. there was a toilet in the room, yep. and that was it.
0: That sounds about right. Yeah.
1: And it was just that for two days while I'm 17 years old. Didn't even see another human being to interact with. So, what did I do? I closed Wait, my, wait, wait.
0: I, they must have been putting food through a slot. They, or something, okay, right? yes.
1: They put food through the slots. Okay, but that, that's it. That was the extent <laughs> of human interaction. The they do interact with.
0: Okay, I gotcha.
1: And the only thing I could do there to occupy my time was tell myself stories mm-hmm. in my head. So, that was what really. I
3: did.
0: Yeah, I think so it's a good plan to to, uh, to plan to do some writing while you're in there. And of course, uh, in most prisons, you are able to receive books in addition to the library. I you know don't know what the rules are at federal minimum security, but I think you can get books at some heavier security. I know I know I sent some to Chris Cantwell while he was in max or whatever the hell he was in i plan to Uh, update
1: my website aria with like contact information about how people can write me and you mm -hmm. know what sort of topics i'm interested in for anyone who wants to send me books or you know send money to my commissary or whatever that should all be there at aria it's not there yet
0: i know that uh, uh, chris wade's going to update the crypto six website at the crypto com with all the necessary info for contacting so that'll be done for sure so what else tim
5: Yeah, um, well I'll go ahead and skip my ramen recipes. We can keep that for another show. Uh, but my dog this morning, you know, I I was looking around for her, I didn't see her. I saw the other dog in the living room. I look out, you know, this this is the pit bull. And she's been she's been treeing squirrels, rabbits, birds, ducks, toddlers. She's been treeing treeing them for a very, very long time, right? She
0: meant what to them? To tree them would mean to run them up the tree and just keep them there? Yeah,
5: or or just will be fascinated by like a squirrel running back and forth well, out of how do you, tree reach, a you know, rabbit? on the telephone line.
0: Yeah, I didn't know rabbits well, could climb trees. Yeah, you're right.
5: So that's okay. actually not possible. But, okay. but anyway the, Chase the, into point the hole though. That she's, well, so this morning I'm looking for her and I, I look out and I'm she's chowing down on something. Like it's a full meal. And I go out there and she's got a morning dove. She's decapitated it. She's already skinned it. She's got a mouthful of feathers. And I ended up having to take her inside, and I buried the poor thing. But wow. I, I don't feel happy for the bird, but I feel happy because my dog felt happy, and she's been trying for so long.
0: <laughs> so it was, an, it was an accomplishment for, uh, for the dog, then. Yeah, okay. Get her yeah. a puzzle!
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and they I do I have dog actually... Puzzles. I talked to her on walks, you know, for the last year. You know, I said, one day Joe Biden's going to take all the food, and and you're going to have to put in your weight around here.
0: Did you have to clear the clean the gore off of uh, the dog's mouth? I mean, was it pretty messy? Or
5: I just let her savor it. I okay. I haven't given her any uh, toothpaste yet, but that's probably coming <laughs> later tonight. But I did bury the bird, and you know that's how I know she's my best friend because we buried a bird together.
0: That's a nice story, Tim. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Let's go to Ricky in Pennsylvania.
5: (laughs) I'm just kind of
1: in
0: shock. I don't
1: know how to respond to any of this.
0: Ricky from the Commonwealth. Uh, Go ahead, Ricky.
1: Uh, You'll get used to it again, brother.
6: Go go ahead,
0: Ricky. What's on your mind tonight?
1: Yeah,
6: brother, Mark, sister, Ari. Good evening. I got something interesting because I heard you talking. I was listening tonight as always. And you were talking about the talkers convention. I remember you talking about that back in 15. And you know what I find interesting? You were kind of apprehensive then. And you know what's funny about all this and I'm thinking about this. They're saying about getting on the internet. Well, you've been on the internet. That's how I know how you and brother Mark look like. I don't know anybody else. But you had a video stream. I used to listen to it, you know? And and I could Which watch one of us is then. more
2: handsome, Ricky? Huh? Which one of us is more handsome?
6: Uh You know what? You look different. Now, you you have more of a, how should I say, uh, more, don't take offense to this, but more of a, I don't want to use the word, I'm not the word feminine, but you know, like a a Fabio kind of thing going, (laughs) you know, don't take offense to that. And Ian has a Does that mean
2: head. I could end up on the top, the front of a romance novel? Because I'm okay with that.
0: Probably. I think it could. I think it could. She's got to get some Ian, long hair. Think, we Mark, can do that with the AI.
2: Mark, let me let me keep your
1: uh, ego in parameters here. Uh, Ricky is legally blind. Well, he's saying from back when he <laughs> wasn't.
6: I, I know. I'm blind now, what? Sister Aria.
1: I know. But I could see back then. Yeah. yeah, I know. It was just a joke, man.
2: All you have to do okay, is go hey to why my job, Instagram page. Survive. And you can see me and with long was, hair, because well, somebody put it on one of those art things.
6: got to look like Ian Freeman should have it. It fits, suits him well.
0: I you don't know, have access to Instagram, totally so I, I can't see that. What were you calling about tonight, Ricky? Well, I was thinking about what you said about the Talkers Convention,
6: because, like I said, you're already on the internet. And they say, you got to be on the internet. Now, there are people, since I came back, and I'm impressed, there are several people where it's very apparent that call in, at least more than once, that only listen to the radio. These guys don't get it. You know, they, they, they don't get it,
0: brother Ian. Who doesn't Ignore get them. it? The other talk show hosts? The talkers guys. The guys at the talker convention. Because that was going on back then. Well, no, I a mean, a lot of them boss. do get it. If they it's
1: got just... it, I feel like you, they would probably be including uh, podcasts to some degree in their lineups.
0: Oh, you're talking about the, the Heavy 100? Yeah. I, I don't yeah, I know. they don't have podcasts Yeah, I don't know there. to yeah, what extent point.
1: they should because it is a talk radio convention. But if they're out yeah. there beating that drama yeah. saying it's you got to get on the Internet, then start addressing the Internet-only
0: shows. We've the
6: podcast version forever. I don't get what these guys are talking about. I don't understand. Well, well let they,
0: me see if I can clear it up for you. Uh, so, <laughs> t- so Talkers is a talk radio convention. Uh, although I think they would say it's a talk media convention, they do want to have you know podcasting types there. Although they don't market to podcasters, so it's kind of like they say one thing, but then the attendees are a whole other uh, group. But they tend to be radio talk show hosts, and there's a you know a smattering of program directors and like network executive types that come to this. It's it's a schmooze fest, is is what it is. It's everybody just you know that everybody everybody knows everybody else, and over the years mm. the industry is so small. People that that uh, move from one business to or one company to another, they're still the same people. They just have a different title at a different company, and they come back to the same convention. And everybody trades business cards, and and people, I'm sure, get new new gigs. I mean, that has happened. People who are looking for work will come to this thing, and they'll find somebody who's looking. To That's why I'm going, and that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, and you know, on occasion, we've contacted some. We've met some program directors that we've never met in real life before, and sometimes they carry our show already, and sometimes they don't, and then they do. So, I mean, it hasn't been a total wash or anything like that, I don't think, for Free Talk Live over the year. It definitely helps raise our profile uh, in the industry. It's, I think it's worth attending, but I understand why someone would get burned out on it, because there's not really much. I don't think you're going to take away a lot from the, the content on the stage, and that's true at a lot of conventions, by the way. Like, you know, if I'm at the Liberty Forum, which is the Free State Project Convention, which I went to this year, I'm not interested in going in uh, to watch the stage presentations. You know, I'm I'm here in New Hampshire. I know, you know, a lot of the stuff that's going on. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to learn new things about libertarianism, right? I'm not a newbie uh, to libertarianism, so it's more productive to just stay outside of the stage area and actually talk to the people. If you're running a booth or whatever, and in my case, that's what I was doing at Liberty Forum this year, was I was volunteering at a booth. Uh, but uh, you know, if it's at Talkers, then it's just hanging out in the social area where you can actually talk to people on occasion there will be a topic that i do want to go and see and i'll go in and i'll sit in and and watch that but that's that tends to be how i am how i'm at pork fest like i'm very rarely at the actual main stage it has to be a really good speech or
1: something that i'm like uniquely interested in
0: so if, if you, you know, it's, it's just like any convention. It's all about networking. It's all about meeting people. If you're just going exclusively for what's happening on the stage, then it will get pretty dry, especially if you go year after year after year, because it is fairly repetitive. And the message that they have been trying to pound into these talk radio guys' heads, who are all a bunch of old dudes for the most part... Is you got to get on the internet? Get you know if you're not on a podcast, you got to get a podcast. And they've been saying this for the, the the entire fifteen plus years. I think that Mark and I have been uh, attending this particular seminar, probably eighteen years now. Uh, Because I think we started in 2005.
1: Which is all very similar to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You know, I'm fairly burned out on it as well. Mm Because it's it's generally the same people doing the same things year after year. And all of the speeches are about the same sort of thing. It's like you said about Liberty Forum. I don't need to go to the festival. I mean, I don't need to go to the stage to learn about... How does libertarianism handle the education or whatever? Because like I already know that, or it's just not a topic that's interesting to me, or it's something about what is actually happening here in New Hampshire is for new people or whatever. Right. None of it's You know what's appealing. interesting? That's
6: exactly where I was going with this. And I'm glad Mark's on for this one, because this came up last night, because Ian was kind of hanging his head down. Oh, I had this idea and that idea. But you know what? Think about this. If you were to created a show that would have been like the original idea, just a libertarian think tank, they would have never made it this far. What, you, what it would end up being is far greater than one. You're on all forms of media, that being said. But second, it's far greater than that free talk live. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of like libertarian oriented, but others aren't. And, and you guys all are libertarians. But what you created in the end, and I want Mark's take on this, is way greater than the original concept. That would have, I think, eventually just burned out and died. I don't even know Does if you, that, I don't think that, you were
0: around for the uh, original days of this show. I, I mean, fundamentally, it hasn't really changed that much as far as well, its, but it's see, concept. but the original concept
6: you said you had never really happened. I know Daddy did to about? get all frustrated.
0: My, no, I, I brought my original concept to, uh, I brought my original vision to the air and it's, it's stayed pretty pretty firm since then i mean the hosts well, have changed but the vision the first, of this show you, know, is, you wanted is to,
6: but you originally said you wanted to have it not only the host but also the callers be
0: libertarian no no i never said that way better concept. no sir i never said i never said that i said that that's one what point I'm sorry, the, that's the, that's the impression i got last night no no i never never said that ricky um uh, he said point that of the he show. thought
1: that you know libertarianism would take off
0: yeah, that's what I said last right. night. I said that I okay, I had hoped okay. that uh, libertarianism would would become very popular, and that eventually Free Talk Live would actually have competition. That we would have other shows in the world of talk radio who were doing something libertarian as well. That we could you know be competing with, and that would raise everybody up. But no, that that is what never happened. But my vision for the show was always an open phone show with libertarians right. behind the mics, and then anybody could call
6: in. You know, that's the one thing like Daryl used to say, and he was a frustrated libertarian. He really was. The problem is libertarians is other libertarians, it tends to be. That is true. I mean,
0: libertarians love to have their little infightings, and we certainly heard about some of that with the Porcupine Freedom Festival last night when a gentleman called in to – complained that he apparently has been banned which by the way i did hear from I heard that. yeah i did hear from the porcupine freedom festival organizer today he's interested in calling in but uh, he sounded like he wanted to be on um the same night as me aria and bonnie so we may may have to wait until monday okay. uh to hear Curious. from him on that but ricky thanks for the call i appreciate the thoughts here tonight the number is 603-283-6160 but yeah free talk live as a as its uh vision originally was implemented absolutely there was no we, there was nothing that we didn't do. We did what we uh, what we intended to set out to do, which was create an open phones radio show where anyone was free to call in, and still is free to call in about absolutely anything. So that's that's always been true about
2: us. But when we were on the rock station uh, way back in the day, what uh, 105.9 Real Radio or whatever it was mm-hmm. identified as uh, early on. Um, it was a different show. It was much more sort of character voices and well, people those fooling the around.
0: Those were the callers. Right.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the callers, it, what we used to say was it's your show, right? Like the callers populated the show to some extent. And I'm not saying that your vision didn't happen, Ian. What I'm saying was the show was different.
0: Well, of course, I mean, it was 20 years ago, but What's different uh, callers. and mean. the callers were very different at that time. And that was because of the nature of the station that we were on, which was an FM talk station. And uh, we don't really have stations like that these days. They, they well, We do have really a lot of
2: talk stations. We no, just don't no, have I stations. meant like
0: a hot talk. Uh, thanks for the clarification there. What what in the business they would call a hot talk station or some people might call blue talk, uh, which is just sort of most of the shows during the day would be apolitical, uh, meaning that uh, they were talking about pop culture and, you know, stuff like that as far okay. as the content was concerned. Um, and it know. was
1: blue because it was all kind of cool and low key. That's and more, why I mean, I wouldn't talk.
0: say it was like obsessed with sex or anything like that. So, I mean, blue is probably the wrong term. The term that okay. I would I would use is you know, at least in the industry, is hot talk radio, where they're not concerned with uh, politics or issues per se. I mean, their issues would be different, like talking about relationships or sex and things like that. would be Would have been or pop culture would have been more. Of, oh, like
1: that, like the old ladies who used to do the the. Sex radio show, right? There used to be one who did that, right?
2: Doctor Ruth uh, Westheimer. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> there's been a few uh doctors on the air. A love line would be a sex okay. would be a good example, I think, of a uh, kind of classic hot talk Dr. show. Doctor
2: Drew, Doctor
0: Drew Pinsky. Pinsky, and for a while Adam Carolla, but then Adam Carolla retired, and they've put other people on. I don't know if it's still on, but that show was was around for a long time. But that's probably one of the more prominent. Uh, hot talk shows and that was the kind of station that that we were on so you got a different sort of audience uh, but free talk live was still the same show as far as we open the phones anyone could call in about anything they wanted
1: well i don't know if free talk live you know has has stuck true to its original vision because you're the only one who knows that but one of the i'm anxious to get our prison talk and resume seeing my therapist again because she's she's really insightful and she's Mm -hmm. made me aware of some things that i wouldn't have otherwise been aware of like I mentioned something about Arya Uncensored or Call to Freedom or some other show that I was considering, but I was like, I'm going to prison so I can't resume a show or, or start a new show or whatever. I don't remember exactly what the concept or the conversation was about, but she, she asked point blank, you know, well, what do you consider to be a successful show? Or what do you consider to be a show that's like worth your time and effort that you put into it? And I didn't have a good answer. Hmm. And by contrast, she was like, well, you write the you write these novels, you write these books, you write this music and all this other stuff, and you don't care at all if those things are, quote, successful. You don't measure the your music by how popular it is or mm-hmm. your writing by how popular it is. So how come when it comes to these shows, you're measuring that Good question. by how popular it is? And I was like, wow, just completely taken aback. And just in that one question had to reformulate exactly what I consider to be a successful thing
0: yeah i have to agree with you on that i mean for me it's like am i satisfied as a creating person right like when you're doing music like you said is it going to be is it your vision is it the thing that you imagined is it you know true to what you had originally wanted to to create did it sound the way you wanted it to sound or whatever the things that you you tend to judge your own performance by same thing's true of me i don't ever look i don't really care what the statistics show i know mark's very concerned with statistics it
2: to yep. me doesn't matter one iota success um, is measurable and quantifiable well for it depends me, on how you define success right yeah for me is the it measure you know, as as being measurable and quantifiable for
0: me is it you know did i show up and have a good time yes okay there was a good show then uh, if i had a good time if i didn't have a good time or i feel like i uh, didn't do a great you know performance if you want to call it that uh then uh, and they can all be winners right you do yeah. 300 plus shows a year you're gonna you're gonna have some bombs uh on your hands and same thing would be true if you did a bunch of songs right and crank those things out too Well, every album
1: has filler right i mean Mm -hmm. that's just a fact of the situation there the music industry is sort of moving less
0: away from albums
1: yeah right Right. which is why i like that because it means less filler and all all singles or not singles whatever the word would be but i mean that was a line from i think one of the a primest album they can't all be zingers i think it was their yep. greatest hits albums i mean Sounds it's right. absolutely true <laughs> you can't and this was one of the reasons that like 15 years ago my music throughput just plummeted to nothing because i was in this mindset that every new song i wrote had to be the best song i had ever written mm, there was no way yeah there was no way to lose the ability to write music faster than that yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, some of the, the trolls in the chat room were complaining the other day, Free Talk Live's change is worse than it's ever been or whatever. And I pulled up the statistics at that point because then, you know, then you're just playing with the trolls or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, statistics show Free Talk Live listens have been going up since Aria Demetso came on the show in 2017, 2019 nice. or whatever the year was. They were was. complaining about me then? Of course, they
1: were. Uh, yeah, they're always
0: complaining <laughs> about you, but uh, yeah, they also complain about me for letting Aria you. Aria doesn't the show. wear
2: pants! <laughs> Why doesn't she wear pants?
0: Nope, 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 no, no, nope. no, no pants today. I, ha-
1: I haven't worn pants since I came to New Hampshire, I don't think.
0: You can make I think Aria wear pants. That's the whole idea pants. is, that you don't like
2: wearing pants.
0: You can make Aria wear pants. We were playing with the, uh, the Adobe Photoshop Firefly. <laughs> Last night, which is uh, I did because
2: it because whatever was coming to mind for me when uh, you were talking about me making Aria wear pants <laughs> was just not really satisfying. Thanks.
0: Uh, so we talked last night about how Photoshop has added this AI option. Of course, everybody knows Photoshop is the you know the go to graphics editing suite for forever, and now they've got AI built right into Photoshop. What I learned today though is you got to have an internet connection, so it's not doing it on your local computer, oh. it's sending it out. Uh to the uh, to the cloud to be pirated. So processed. it will never
1: be pirated.
0: Ooh, good point. Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. But I
1: don't not. know. I'm going to prison before the thirty days will yeah. be up anyway. So if I I'm I'm unconvinced at this point whether or not I'm going to let the trial proceed and actually charge me, because it's $20 a month, $21 a month, or something like that. The
0: Adobe Photoshop trial, just right. to clarify. We've been talking a lot about trials here.
1: Yeah, sorry. The Adobe yeah. Photoshop trial is seven days, and then it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you buy it a month at a time, it's like $30 a month, and it's a little bit pricey. Last night, I was making the obviously stupid mistake of not selecting the target. I. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to use Photoshop. It's been 10 years since I've done anything with Photoshop. So I had to relearn some of that. And then I got, I was not overly impressed with anything that I was able to make it do, but, i'm sure like i just wanted simple stuff like change the skirt that i'm wearing or something like that Well, i was
0: able to do that with the freebie tool that they have anyone can go to firefly.adobe.com this is the engine that they have put into photoshop and they've had it online apparently for a couple months anybody can sign up for an account and you can generate images kind of like mid journey or dolly 2 or stable diffusion so they have got their own image generator which i haven't played much with and then they've got the thing where you can just load up a picture add things to it change a background so i changed uh, i put a picture of aria in there and like gave her a mermaid fins for legs and gave her some sunglasses and changed out the background it was you could do it within seconds it's it's pretty amazing uh, we got more coming up here it's free talk live some of you have wanted to support free talk live's mission on a monthly basis but don't want to support patreon now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform odyssey visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired you'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the odyssey chat room and if we get enough supporters we may enable members only chat this new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just patreon and also support a libertarian run business odyssey please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and the phones are open here if you want to join us. Number 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160.
2: Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Aria. And Mark.
0: We got Mark out there somewhere in the world. I'm in Florida. In Florida. Good to have you here. Let's see. There was some big news yesterday that I completely neglected to share on the uh, international scene. And then coming up, we'll uh, well, since we're talking to international news a little bit. I know, uh, Aria, you've got an update on the El Salvador prison roundups, where they've rounded up tens of thousands of individuals on absolutely no charges whatsoever, just simply on suspect,
1: and have tortured some of
0: them. And 153
1: people have died of being tortured.
0: Yeah, so we'll talk about that coming up here. Uh, but in other related international news, according to the sun.com, there, you remember a few weeks ago, there was news that there was like a drone that had flown into Moscow and had struck, like it had exploded right over the Kremlin. Do you remember hearing that story a little while back? Yeah. Well, apparently the drones came back in much larger numbers. Recently, this is uh, in recent days, according to The Sun, blitzed by a swarm of drones in a rare attack on the Russian capital uh, after Ukraine vowed to respond to a barrage of unprecedented missile attacks recently. So I guess, was this last night? Anyway, looks like a couple people were injured. There were at least several. Maybe it looks like they've got a little map here. Uh, Maybe as many as seven or eight explosions they shot down a number of drones as well so it could have been like a dozen plus drones that were flown into moscow so i mean this is definitely you know some escalation going on over there this war is is, it's pretty well that's
1: what they wanted yeah Zelensky and putin instead of just getting into a ring and like beating the crap out of each other they want to sacrifice the entire world
0: of course yeah the the government uh top goons are never going to do the actual fighting
1: which would be a a less violent way for this to be resolved. They, they have an issue, let them, let them get together and fight it out, right? There's no need to kill a bunch of innocent bystanders.
0: Yep. In this case, uh, thankfully, apparently no one did die, but it obviously is going to keep this conflict going on. Uh, in other international news, and this is the big one I, I neglected to share yesterday, The Telegraph is reporting over in the UK that... The what is he? The Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. This is the banker guy or whatever that's like uh, in a top top position over there. Yeah, Prime Minister in the UK. He is asking for price caps. Oh, on food. Well, that won't work. Never does. This is why people are going to starve. But the difference between this and your typical price caps is he is apparently just quote unquote asking. Because normally, when you see the the mainstream media reporting that government asked so-and-so to do a thing or a government asked this business to you know jump through all these hoops they never ask you usually when the right. government does a thing the government gang is threatening you and if you don't do the thing that they are quote-unquote asking they will then put a gun to your head and force you to do the thing or close your business or put you in a prison cell right and so
1: economic law on this particular scenario is so clear if you implement price caps you will have definitively 100% for certain shortages yes. of whatever you put that cap on. This if, is basic right. economics. Yeah. If you put right. this price so cap on happens. food, people will starve.
2: Right. So England can, may control all of English uh, food, but probably England doesn't produce enough food to feed England. So if you put, uh, which means that food comes in from the outside. And if, Somebody puts price caps on food, then if you are a farmer who sells watermelons and you can sell them at a place where they were they are $3 a piece or you can sell them at a place mm. where they're price capped at $2 a piece, ladies and gentlemen, I ask you, before you answer, is it evil to sell a watermelon at $3, what would you do? And that's the end of the whole thing. They're gonna to go to the Netherlands where they'll pay three dollars.
0: Yeah, and then they'll get smuggled into uh, the UK from the Netherlands, and, and they'll pay, pay five, four, or five. Yeah, yeah exactly. hopefully or six.
1: Hopefully, they'll be smuggled in, and people can buy them on the black market.
0: Yeah, uh, the
1: alternative is again starvation. So
0: uh, this is probably best described as a soft price cap. At least the way it's being explained here. So let me get into it here from The Telegraph. They say that they're drawing up plans for retailers to introduce price caps on basic food items such as bread and milk to help tackle the rising cost of living. Sunak's aides have started to work on a deal with supermarkets akin to an agreement in France in which the country's major retailers charge the, quote, lowest possible amount, unquote, for some essential food products. The move would amount to the biggest attempt to manage supermarket prices since controls established by Edward Heath in 1973. However, uh, they insist that any action by retailers would be voluntary at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, every, well, everything the government does starts out voluntary.
0: Like E-Verify? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and like the seatbelt laws, you know, initially it was just a second of, a secondary offense. You couldn't get pulled over for it. That's true. That went away quickly. Well, they, not right. everything and is
2: voluntary, if- but yeah. If the Now the retailers are in a uh, catch-22 because if they keep prices low in order to be kind to people during the economic difficulties in hopes that their customers will remain loyal when things get better, then they have acquiesced to the government and the government then takes credit. Look at us! We asked the retailers and they they trembled before our power. We control the big corporations and blah, blah, blah. However, if they don't, if they just go ahead and say, look, we've got to charge what we've got to charge here then the government um goes in and says these evil corporations are doing evil corporation things if you mm-hmm. just grant us more power we promise not to invade some hapless country like we did before this time we'll go after the corporations
0: well and of course they've been using corporations as a scapegoat for quote-unquote inflation on blaming yep. the greedy corporations how dare they just raise their prices and they're colluding to raise their prices on Even top of that we
1: told them three years ago at the outset of COVID 19 when they printed the very first stimulus checks that mm-hmm. they were going to have to increase prices as a direct result of this
0: yep and food's been taking it on the chin
2: you too, mean we right? free talk live told them yes
0: we did yes
2: yeah uh, we did. But, you know, Free Talk Live has uh, been around for 20 years and nobody's ever listened to us about anything. Um, So, you know, no one
0: in politics, but there are the people that are listening. I'm sure some people did the right thing.
1: Well, hopefully they listened about I mean, they should be listening because. At that same time, we pointed out, hey, look, instead of taking this $1,200 stimulus check and buying yeah. a television or something, use it to buy Bitcoin. Now, there's a Twitter handle now called Bitcoin Stimulus or something like that that mm-hmm. tracks it. And the last we checked, you would have turned that 1200 300%. into like, yeah, yeah, four grand or something like that. A yeah. huge return on your investment.
0: Now, of course, you have to wonder, what is the deal that they are cutting with these uh, retailers, right? I mean, there's... There's got to be something offered in return, so I'm guessing that it's like, okay, well, we'll subsidize your energy bill, or we're we're gonna give you a subsidy over here, or cut your tax uh, tax bill over here, something like that. They've got to give some sort of option if they want people to take this voluntarily. You would think beyond just, yeah, because otherwise they're gonna have to
1: hire fire staff or something because they. Like, they're not making huge profits here. They're, they're not That's making true. 50% profits or anything like that.
0: No, re- um, retail is known, or not retail, but uh, gr- grocery, for instance, is known for making very low profits overall. It's like something like 2 to 3% is what they make. Now, I mean, certain items, you know, you go in and you get a fancy mustard or something like that. They're going to make more than 2 to 3%, but it all well, averages it's not always, out. It's
2: not that... It's not that easy. Um, You know, it's it's not just the fancy mustard like that way you can just tell whether you're getting something fancy and paying a lot or not. Um, I mean, often it's that way. But honestly, there can be disparities between grocery stores on some very basic stuff. Sometimes they have lost leaders on all kinds of different things. So. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody to go shopping at four different grocery stores because I don't do it either. But um, at the same time, that's just sort of the reality of it is, is that, uh, you know, they're, they're, some of them are lower on the fancy mustard. Some of them are lower on ribeye steaks.
0: Yeah, but overall in the industry, it averages out to something like two to three percent is what they make. No lie. For all. And, uh, you know, I I, and I suspect that means now I've never worked in in the grocery business, so I can't speak from experience on this. If if you are out there and you do, you know, actually work in management or something like that, I'm guessing that these basic items that they're talking about here are probably not the big profit makers to begin with. Right. Like how much are they marking up? Uh, A 12-pack of eggs. How much are they marking up a loaf of bread to begin with? These are the basic items. These are the items they have to compete on the hardest. These are the ones that people are going to buy more often than anything else when they come into the store, right? Like, you only need your fancy hot sauce or mustard every once in a while, But you got to get the eggs pretty pretty often, uh, by comparison, or the the produce. So that would be something I'd be interested in seeing. Is you know what are the uh, areas where these stores tend to not mark things up very much because they that's what they're putting in the circulars, right? Like you got to come come get your loaf of bread for seven dollars or whatever the hell they are now. They're really expensive. Uh, for this stuff now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I haven't.
2: It depends on the bread you yeah, you, you eat. But at the same time, um, whenever I see ribeye steaks on sale, right? Like I just don't like a New York strip. But whenever I see a ribeye steak on sale, I'll just buy as many as I can uh, happen to have cash in my pocket for and put them in the freezer because I know I'm going to eat this. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me whether it's been frozen for three weeks or whatever.
0: Uh, Jay in our chat room, he says grocery stores Make such low profit margins because they have an em- enormous amount of waste product. He says, "I've seen the amount of food Publix throws away in a day. Perfectly fine food. Their standard is just so high—about two thousand dollars worth retail." And, that makes
1: sense as well. I mean, food expires, and yes. you know, if it expires, there's you can't sell it.
2: Well, even if you I know, know- that the bread, the bread people take the take their expired bread with them, so Publix isn't throwing that away. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know what's happening to the uh, the vegetables or something like that, but I did used to be on the receiving end of uh, a guy from who did a grocery ratty He delivered all kinds of things uh, for UNFI, and they. Uh, you know, they pick up old vegetables. So, you know, I don't entirely know how all this works. I also, um you know, received food from a, a food bank. So basically the things that poor people didn't want that were given for free, um I would take that and feed it to pigs. And it was always the artesian breads and the vegetables, never the, the candy bars. So,
0: if you want to comment, join us here. The number is 603 283 6160. We'll tell you more about this, what I, again I would call a soft price cap in the UK. But first, uh, Chuck is on the line in Washington State. Go ahead, Chuck.
4: Yeah, you were talking about uh, the further um, uh, situation degrading in Eastern Europe. Have you guys been following what's going on in Kosovo as of the late?
0: No, what's going on there? No.
4: So, uh, it looks like that. Uh, uh there's a movement right now in the northern part of the country divided as as, Mm -hmm. you know it's uh and up in the northern part there's been two lawmakers that were elected uh that are uh, albanian muslims and there's a uh, uh strong reaction in the form of protest happening uh there's been clashes with uh serbian citizens and NATO troops representing several different NATO countries to include the United States. There's a a video footage of the clashes happening and basically you see what presumably uh, U.S. Army military police getting drug off the front line replaced by fresh uh, meat there. Uh, It looks like something you see in like Minneapolis, Seattle, Portland, or wherever except you guys are using bricks and iron rods and it just it's it's I guess uh, what I'm why I'm calling is it, it looks like it's uh, uh, contributing to the overall uh, the overall uh, downward slope. It looks like what's happening in Eastern Europe. Hmm. So,
0: yeah, according uh, to the headlines here, uh, Newser.com says NATO will send 700 more troops to northern Kosovo to help quell violent protests after clashes with ethnic Serbs left 30 international soldiers wounded. The latest violence has stirred fear for a renewal of the 1998-99 uh, conflict in Kosovo that claimed more than 10,000 lives. So, yeah, this possibly could. Yeah. Uh, so back in
4: 2008, as you remember, in 2008 Kosovo established its independence, and uh, there's been periods of of tensions that have arose, you know, from now until then, or from then until now. But this is. A different thing because of the Russian Federation's obvious influence and uh, desire to destabilize anything that has to do with NATO in that region of the world. So, thank you very much for letting me. That uh, seems like a slanted take. It really is because I was there and I know what's going on. Thank you.
0: Thank you for the call tonight, Chuck. Appreciate the the heads up on
1: that. I mean, yeah, but there are plenty of people in Ukraine who insist you know the Russians are you know going around raping and killing infants and stuff as well. I mean, just.
0: Who knows what the truth is.
1: Right. I mean, that's one side of a story, and I don't think it's going to be fair to blame Russia and their attempt to destabilize everything related to NATO for what's happening in Kosovo. I don't know what's happening in Kosovo, but I will say that... As someone who you know spews propaganda regularly, like here on the air, it sounds to me like propaganda.
0: Well, there's always propaganda when it comes to war, right? right. I mean, this is one of the things that we made really clear when Russia uh, first invaded the uh, Ukraine was that there's there's at least two sides, if not more, uh, to every conflict. But yet, the Western media will only let you hear one side. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that the Russian side is always telling the truth either. But, you know, the but first, I want to
1: be able to hear their side. Yeah.
0: The, the first uh, what is it the first casualty in war is is the truth. Right. Like every, Hemingway. I don't know who said that, but uh, here's a little bit more information about this particular story.
2: Well, I'd like to pop in real quick and yeah. say that the Serbs um, have always, uh, you know, they're, they're they're friendly with the Russians. And in this case, we're talking about ethnic Serbs in Kosovo as opposed to national nationalist Serbs. Uh, Nationally, um, their nationality, Serbish, uh, S- Serbian nationality. Um, so the it's a very believable take, if not a slanted one.
0: Uh, so here's an update on what they say, at least according to the newser.com is going on there. They refer to the old conflict in the 90s, which left more than a million people homeless and resulted in a NATO So-called peacekeeping mission that has lasted nearly a quarter of a century, according to the AP.
1: Look, you don't need to keep peace. You you don't need any sort of military force. You don't need any effort. Well, they do if they want to keep
0: flowing money into the military industrial complex. Yes, you do. You do
1: need military for that. But to keep peace, all you have to do is let people live.
0: Like that's it. The clashes grew out of a confrontation, they say, that unfolded last week after ethnic Albanian officials elected in votes overwhelmingly boycotted by Serbs entered municipal buildings to take office. When the Serbs tried to block them, Kosovo police fired tear gas to disperse the crowd. More violence followed Monday when Serbs attempted to enter the municipal offices in Zvakan, which is 28 miles north of the capital, and clashed with police and NATO peacekeepers. The NATO Secretary General said additional reserve battalion will be put on high readiness in case additional troops are needed. And
1: it sounds like a mess where NATO involvement or US involvement could not possibly make the situation better. better. Yeah. It's like you know, the the Serbs and the Albanians here, they're going to fight each other and they're they're not they're not agreeing and they're trying to run a country together. Maybe they should divorce.
0: The NATO led peacekeeping mission, so called in the region is known as K4. And currently consists of almost 3,800 troops. Stat- a statement issued last or on Tuesday said that 30 soldiers, including Italians and Hungarians, were the ones hurt in the uh, fighting on Monday. Fractures, burns from improvised explosive incendiary devices, and so on. So, this is a developing story. And of course, if you want to keep us up to date, feel free to continue to do that.
1: It sounds like it's just a remnant of the Cold War. Or a continuation of the Cold War. You've got the Russian Serbs and the NATO Albanians, and they're fighting, and they're sending soldiers there, and they're just fighting out the Cold War still.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, I'm not particularly familiar with the geography of this uh, this particular country. The most we've talked about... I'd say
2: about- this was this was a uh, extension extension of the Ottoman uh, takeover of Europe. Mm-hmm. The Ottoman Empire, um, you know, decided to make people Muslim um, there in Europe and what is now called Europe. I don't think at the time they spent much time thinking about what is Europe, especially not the Turks. And um, you know, that's ha- having backlash now it's, it's long-standing disputes. Now, you know, I mean, it couldn't get much smaller. Kosovo is a cutout of Serbia already. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know how, you know, I don't know how you get to the, cut these things uh, down to, you know, little county size uh, things and just uh, let them rule themselves. But, um, you know, it's going to affect their EU status and a variety of things.
0: So Kosovo is separate from Serbia or is it still? Yes. Okay.
2: It's got a dotted line I on Google, it, yeah. which is not a uh, it's not a good sign. That's
0: dis- would, sovereignty. Does that mean it's disputed or something? What does that mean?
2: I'm sure that there are Serbians, uh, Serbs that uh, dispute it. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's what it looks like.
0: Is that something that happened in the 90s? Was they kind of carved that out as its own separate thing? It
2: it seems like they just keep on getting carved out. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, Serbia wasn't a country in the 90s, as I recall. This is all Yugoslavia and um, the breakup there.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, so I'm looking here at the map. Uh, Looks like this is, so southwest of Ukraine is where this is taking place. Uh, Serbia next door to this albania so it's albania that borders kosovo on the southwestern side and serbia that borders it on the northern uh side and so apparently albanians are getting into office in kosovo and that is what has was it kosovo yeah that's what i mean it sounds
1: like a mess and it sounds to me like just cold war fighting and I i don't know how else to feel about it it's russia against nato again
2: or still? Well, I don't know what where anybody's going to to feel about it um, when you know, I mean, politics is the desire to shove your opinion down your neighbor's throat, right? So I don't just because the Albanians are Muslim or Christian or whatever they might be doesn't make me like them more or less. Um, you know, were they elected fairly? Well, when you decide to uh, to protest a vote by not voting expect the result right i mean Mm -hmm. you know you choose not to vote then you know hey now personally i don't vote because when i vote and when i don't vote i get the same result but um in this circumstance you know i just frankly don't care that much if they want to tear their government apart which is precisely what they're going to do by trying to prevent people who are um you know duly elected Well. well then have at it
0: we have no idea how you
2: know yeah. wh- how scammy or whatever
0: these elections were, but either way,
2: and I mean, even if it was I'm a fair certainly election, not here to to say that uh, the election in the United States, oh, excuse me, Kosovo was completely fair.
1: Well, even right. if it was you know fair, the the idea of the election itself is still fraudulent. Like pl- plenty of the people would have not voted for anyone because they would have. voted That is an to idea
2: a- so fringe. That people, um, that these people will not listen. Stop and listen while they're busy killing each other. Well, I, I often
1: forget how fringe I am, Mark. And
0: the NATO <laughs> is, is apparently involved. However, I did just check; uh, these uh, neither of these are European Union countries. So even though there's a lot of EU in this, uh, you know, part of the world, these particular areas are not really. Uh, yeah, I does. According to the list, I just they're NATO. At, they're NATO. Yeah, more coming up here. Free Talk Live. it is free talk live phones are open and you can join us here the number 603-283-6160 dian aria and mark joining you here tonight that's 603-283-6160 you can join us online anytime you want head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have waiting for you there uh we're going to go back to your phone calls and thoughts. We did just have a gentleman call in to give us a heads up that there's apparently conflict erupting in Kosovo, which hasn't at least caught any of our attention in recent years. But it's sparking off uh, some violent conflict again. Now NATO is apparently involved with their so-called peacekeeping troops over there.
1: Well, NATO's been there since the Clinton campaign apparently in 98, so. apparently, because yeah. they said 25 years, and yeah, it would have been 98, so... Yeah. So clearly the peacekeeping efforts there have Didn't not worked. Work. Yeah, and right. the I mean, this is one of those things you just gotta rip that band-aid off, man. And I hate to say it, right? But you just gotta let you just gotta let the Palestinians and Israel fight this out. You just gotta let the Kosovo and the Serbians and the what were the other ones?
0: The Albanians. The
1: Albanians apparently. fight it out. And hopefully they'll they'll come to a peaceful resolution. But intervening in that and be like, no, guys, you have to get along is clearly not working be reasonable and try to you know get them to see reason but if these two people don't get along stop trying to mix them together stop trying to make them get along it doesn't work nowhere in human history can we point to these examples of israel in the middle east or the palestinians or here we have serbia and albania never have we been able to point to any example of these people being forced together saying look they ultimately got along just fine it doesn't work.
0: Do you remember that uh, tennis guy, Djokovic, who made headlines during... The one who uh, didn't
1: want to get vaccinated?
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's back in the news uh, for speaking out in regards to what's happening, because apparently Serbia is where he's from. Okay. Uh, so he's back in the news, and uh, let me just comment here. He's got a story here over at, it looks like AOL. Who knew they still existed? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, from, it's from the Hill. They're just uh, you know syndicating the story. Anyway, apparently he's spoken out during the French Open after the violent clashes in Kosovo. Oh, France is going to hate that. Though he called for an end to the violence in a message on camera, uh, wrote a message on a camera lens, apparently. His claims that, quote, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia was seen by some as stoking the historic tensions. Kosovo declared its independence from Serbia in 2008 and has been recognized as a separate state by the United States and much of the West. However, Serbia has refused to recognize Kosovo's statehood. So yet another example here of a recent uh, declaration of independence that the United States has said looks good. Yep. I mean, it's...
1: (laughs) I don't know to what extent the Declaration of Independence was or wasn't legitimate. I don't know what constitutes a legitimate Declaration of Independence versus what doesn't. But
2: if you say so, it's legitimate. Yeah, that, isn't that's where it? I stand. I've heard on lots it. of American lawyers say that it's completely legitimate.
1: Well, I, I think if any Declaration of Independence is by definition legitimate, but I realize that's a fringe take. I think Mark, "fringe" was the word Mark used for me, and I, I recognize that. But It's still there's a long history here of things going on in Serbia and Kosovo and Albania and Yugoslavia and that region in general. There's like such a long history of interference, intervening, bloodshed, and carnage that you're you're not going to fix the problem. You just gotta let it play out.
0: So Serbia has refused to recognize Kosovo's statehood. Creating simmering instability decades after the bloody conflict of the 1990s.
1: Now, is Kosovo like, are they at the edge of Serbia? Yes. Or Okay, so they're not yeah. like
2: Southwestern completely portion.
1: surrounded by Serbia?
0: Correct. Okay,
2: well, there's yeah, that. Right. At least. It's not an exclave or an enclave, whatever you want to talk about there. Correct.
1: Right, so it's not like Colorado declaring independence from the United States. Nope. Which is at least a little bit more unwieldy than New Hampshire.
0: So, uh, at his first round victory in the French Open, Djokovic wrote a message in Serbian on the camera lens, which read, quote, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia. Stop the violence. And he used a heart symbol uh, for the word heart. Oh, no.
1: See, you just made all of the Europeans mad. You you can't refer to Kosovo as part of Serbia. Clearly.
0: Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I, I don't agree with you or disagree with you because it's not my call. But I, I know what the Europeans are thinking right here. And they're like, Serbia, that's Russia. We hate them. So there's no chance to, that that message fell on warm ears.
0: Djokovic's message was shown on the big screen at some place in wherever there was speaking to the media following his match uh jokovic whose father was born in kosovo said he felt it was his responsibility as a public figure to cast his support for the people of kosovo at this time wait that's the that's the opposite of what i got from his message He says, especially as a son of a man born in Kosovo, I feel I need to give my support to our people and the entirety of Serbia. So he may believe that Kosovo still should be part of Serbia. He says, I don't know, and I think many others don't know what the future brings for Kosovo and for the Serbian people, but it's necessary to show support and demonstrate unity in these kinds of situations. I don't know what will happen, he said. And he did call for an end to the violence, so I mean, at the very least... He's right about that, whether or not he believes in the independence of Kosovo is not clear. That's one, fair, and I guess he could doesn't inter- have
1: to take a side.
0: One could interpret his statement as being against uh, the independence of it. The Tennis Federation of Kosovo accused him of aggravating the ongoing situation, with a federation president saying, Your opinion isn't
2: exactly what my opinion <laughs> is!
0: You're evil! They said that he was, quote, already the author of similar actions in the past, and uh, oh,
1: how dare he call for peace?
0: The same man unity. said, uh, despite a general message against violence, the statement, quote, Kosovo is the heart of Serbia, unquote, and further statements after the match made by such a public figure on the occasion of a worldwide event like the French Open directly resulting in raising the level of tension between the two states, Serbia and Kosovo. He said in his statement,
1: I don't believe that the people in Kosovo and Serbia were like driven to an angry rage over <laughs> by, what this guy right, said, by
0: this guy saying, stop the violence.
1: <laughs> and I would like to correct something I just said, you know, how dare he call for unity or whatever. You know, when we're talking about an issue of independence and, and not being united, someone calling for unity is taking the opposite side. So I can't just like, oh, how dare he call for unity because he's calling for a refusal to recognize independence in that particular case, if that's how we meant it. There may be all sorts of language barriers. here. Well,
0: And also if, again, we're still just taking what we've heard as what's really happening. We don't know. But if it's true that there was an election in Kosovo or in one of the towns or whatever, and Albanians allegedly won the election and the Serbians are now starting a fight over that then by him calling for an end to violence, he is calling for his own countrymen essentially to stand down in that particular case. If it is indeed the Serbs who've started the, uh, who have started the fight.
1: It's all very, it reminds me of Catalonia and I think Spain, though, Mm -hmm. where Catalonia had an election to see if they would declare independence.
0: They tried to. And
1: the official people in Spain were like, no, we're boycotting this election. So obviously the results were widespread pro independence. And we had the exact, and in that case, we saw people, oh, no, we refuse to recognize Catalonian independence or whatever. And it was horrific. And the United States said the same thing, even Mm -hmm. though. It's, ju- it's the exact same situation, but from the opposite side. Same
0: thing in uh, Ukraine, yep. where Russia, they had some elections in the Donbass region, and the elections went heavily pro-Russia, as far as we want to secede and join Russia, is what they essentially said. And the uh, the Western world said, oh, no, 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 Th- those aren't legitimate elections. Right. Those
2: aren't legitimate uh, results, because I disagree with them. Right. And you protested is- those. What's that?
1: They're wagging their fingers saying, no, you protested those elections and therefore they're not legitimate.
2: Right. And it just comes down to people. Uh, I mean, you know, people are saying, well, you know, Russia's bad. So anything that goes Russia's way, we, we call bad. And it's the you know the same old simpleton way of looking at the world. Look, there are people in this world. I don't know. Maybe we can call them Russians who if they live in a an area um, you know concentrated enough in an area they're going to want to you know be separate from whatever their other government is and so what
0: we got major Payne on the line here he's in Michigan you're on free talk live go ahead major
2: yeah there's a couple things you
7: guys ain't taking into uh, perspective here with this whole thing okay. remember just after World War II, the victors all divvied up the spoils and they drew new fictitious lines everywhere and made countries where there wasn't none. Mm -hmm. Well, there might've been two, three, five, seven ancient clans, uh, tribes, whatever you want to call them, living in that geographical trap. And they've been battling for, you know, their, their ancient grievances for thousands and thousands of years. Right. And you think drawing a line in the sand that, just blows away? Is going to
0: change something? Of course not.
1: <laughs> no, we pointed out that, you know, there's a long history of bloodshed and violence here, and people not agreeing with one another, and that the attempts to intervene in the situation are not doing anything to make anything better.
2: Well, yeah, the difficulty old... here that that's in place is that NATO allowed Serbia and allowed Albania to enter because it wants, uh, you know, it wants to stick it in Russia's eyes so bad that now when... NATO states are fighting NATO states. They don't have a system for dealing with this.
1: Well, NATO states aren't supposed to fight one another, right? (laughs) Well, go make them stop. (laughs) I have no interest in making them do anything.
0: Yeah, I think NATO should be abolished.
1: I think the problem there is NATO
7: probably never should have been instituted. But that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day.
0: All right, what else, Major?
7: brought up. uh, free range pigs or free raising pigs. Mm -hmm. And I remember, Oh, this must've been almost 50 years ago. I was still a teenager. I think probably 76, 78, somewhere in there. Bunch of my buddies, there was four or five of them. They'd all gotten good factory rat jobs at GM and, you know, Ford and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So they rented this big old farmhouse just on the outskirts of town. Well, it turns out that, both the roads cornering it were the uh, township line, so we were pretty much exempt from the noise ordinances and whatnot, and could raise as much hell as we want to. Yeah. Well, we threw a bunch of bunch of parties, and uh, we got the place in the fall, and then come next spring, I don't remember who came up with the idea. I think it was Mike Conklin. He says, "Let's go get some feeder pigs, because we had a great big three or four stall, great big long garage, right." And so we turned one of the uh, bays into a into a pig pen and went around and got all the uh, produce that the grocery stores would throw away. Like mm-hmm. We would do this once or twice a week. Right. And just load the pickup truck. And, you know, after a minute, got a little smarter and went in and talked to the produce manager and says, well, what day do you throw all this stuff away? Mm-hmm. What time? Well, we just pull up there with the pickup truck and instead of throwing it in the dumpster, we'd load it throw up. it right in the pickup
1: truck. Nice. Yeah. So,
7: you know. So that was cool, and we, yeah, we had some uh, some hell of a pig roast that fall. Well. I bet it, these but then, these uh, days
2: here's, somebody's here's figured, figured that out. The day. pretty, these days, pretty here's much, you're going to be uh, fighting at each grocery store,
0: fighting with other people that want to get the food. You mean?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, basically, a grocery store is the the first place that people are going to think of to go to get produce and um, you know these sorts of things to feed pigs, and. You you kinda have to get yourself an in.
0: So there's already probably people that have agreements with a lot of the stores to just come and collect, essentially. Yes, yeah. in all
2: likelihood. Now I'm not, you know, your your mileage may vary. Yeah, you can try and it, see how it goes. I, I encourage everyone to do just such a thing, but yeah. No, I know
7: guys that I know guys that got deals with uh, you know, restaurants and whatnot to take their uh fat out of their dumpsters and they'll use it for bear bait or whatever. But uh, you know, there's all kinds of one One man's trash is another man's bacon, so to speak.
0: This
2: is true. Thank you, Major, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. One more thought on uh, pigs. If Mm -hmm. you don't already own a pickup truck and, um, you know, then buying a pickup truck in order to transport the food that you're going to feed your pigs dramatically increases the price per pound of your pigs for a long time. Um, you know basically that pickup truck is a lot of money sure and um, you know unless you just happen to have a pickup truck or do pickup truck things first off if you've got a pickup truck that look at your life do you really need it good thank and- god you said that mark because as soon as you mentioned the
1: pickup truck that is exactly what i thought because <laughs> they are so common and like here and I've seen maybe maybe one percent of them seem like they're justified. I I have a friend who drives this great big enormous truck, never hauls anything, anything. <laughs> like he he could get fined with a motorcycle, and instead he's driving around this big giant Jeez. truck, and he's not uncommon. And
0: it's mm-hmm.
1: it's like, why are you people? How? Why are you? happy with your three miles per gallon Some or whatever you just want to
0: be that guy that everybody comes to to ask him if they can help him move because <laughs> that always happens that is 100 have- oh, yeah. this guy too whenever you have a pickup truck somebody's going to ask you eventually to help them move
1: and he wants to be that guy yeah. okay
0: maybe he does i don't know no i know he he does yeah. in okay. particular the person
1: i'm thinking of does
0: let's go to frank in michigan you're on free talk live go ahead frank
8: hey uh i want to switch it up a little bit if that's okay to talk about my uh, my journey to being uh, more libertarian-minded than I used to be. I I used to be basic Republican conservative right. type of person, but the, in my opinion, well, what happened to me was a Supreme Court decision that came through, which I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with: Kelo versus New London.
0: Oh yeah, that was the uh, a long time, yeah, 2006, I think, somewhere around that where, uh, time frame when the Kelo case was in uh, New London, Connecticut. It was a um, a big project that the city and their their buddies uh, took on to destroy a neighborhood. That had been in existence for generations. Homes had been owned by the people in this neighborhood for generations, passed down from, you know, grandmothers and great grandmothers and things like that. It wasn't
2: a nice neighborhood, but it was a neighborhood.
0: Yeah. And people had lived there for a very long time. And the city government decided, you know what, we could make more money in tax revenue if this were a big corporate complex. And so they teamed up with their uh, city-funded or city-organized development corporation. These are just the city under a different name, essentially. And uh, this development corporation contacted corporations like Pfizer and got them to say, "Yeah, if you build this corporate complex, we'll rent it." And so they got their, you know, uh, they got the companies on board, on deck to uh, to jump into this. And they just started going around and making people offers on their homes. You know the offer you can't refuse. Oh, they
1: couldn't refuse yeah,
0: exactly. And uh, what does this
1: mean exactly?
0: The offer you can't refuse. Yeah, it's a exactly. reference to not, to uh, like mafia where they come. It was imminent
2: in domain. Um, yeah. They said this is what we're paying for your property. I got gotcha. you. Get out. You right. haven't. You have sixty days. Get out. And there were a couple of holdouts. Uh, one
0: woman was named Suzette Kilo, and she said. No, I don't want to leave. This is my grandma's home or whatever, and I, you know, we've been here a long time, and we really like this place, and no, we don't want to take your money. And uh, you probably know Lauren Canario. Yep. Uh, she made headlines because before she moved to New Hampshire, she went to New London, Connecticut, and she sat on the porch of Suzette Kilo's home when the bulldozers were coming in to take the place down and was arrested for that subsequently was arrested again in a stairwell at a city council meeting uh, for doing civil disobedience in that particular instance if i recall correctly she was uh, uh, civilly disobedient to the point where she did not actually cooperate with her arrest so she I made remember them, that she played she dropped
1: what, dead limp
0: yeah. yeah she made them lift her up and like even even to the point where uh when they would come to get her to go to court she would not leave the jail cell voluntarily either. They had to go in, bring a wheelchair to the jail cell, lift her into the wheelchair, <laughs> lift her into the van, lift her out of the van, into the another wheelchair, and get her into the uh, the courtroom. It was really something else. Man, just that's hardcore. Epic level <laughs> hardcore civil disobedience. And of course, as you might imagine, uh they did take Suzette Kilo's house by force. Ultimately they um I don't know if they ended up forcing the money on her or whatever happened in that case, but it went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the town, and the justification was that, oh well, this wasn't for a private benefit because you're not supposed to be able to do uh, eminent domain. There's, right. there's a restriction on eminent domain, saying it has to it, be for the public benefit, not the public use.
2: Public versus use, yeah. it was it was public. Like the the argument was is that the founders who wrote public use meant public good. And they and said
0: the, that the public good the Supreme
2: good, Court of the United States said, Yeah, that sounds right.
0: And well the argument was, well, it's the public good if the government is getting more tax dollars.
2: So therefore yeah, it's but it, okay. But it to to wasn't take. about the public good. It was about the public you know, like it's it's supposed to be about public use. Well, whatever. Uh,
0: I know. <laughs> that's what they I interpreted whatever it to Whatever people have to leave. And you always have to remember, this was one of the first things that clued me into the word public was actually a euphemism for government
2: because a lot of people believe yeah. that public means, oh, it's all of us. No, 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 Well, this no. is one of the things that broke me. Yep. Um, I was basically a, you know, a small government Republican up until that point. And then I watched as... You know, the Supreme Court justices, eh, you know, I'm sure the I'm sure the founders meant public good, not public use, and just sort of rewrote the Constitution. And I couldn't believe it. And that was it. So, Frank, that you was know?
0: our recap there for listeners that weren't familiar with the case. What, go I appreciate on. it because I was not at all familiar yeah, with it. Go me. on with your story.
8: Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. And then uh, I'm right there with Mark. That was the that was the tipping point for me as well. I mean, basically, I learned the hard way. Well, not not personally, but. Through, through Kilo, I learned that you there really is no such thing as private property. The mm-hmm. government owns all property, and they can take it for any reason at any time. And uh, it, it, was just, it was a disgusting decision. I mean, and I can put my sort of wrap my head around eminent domain. I mean, you need to build this road or something. Okay, well, maybe you can justify that. But to take property for somebody um, with force for a private, it basically was private business. That they said, yep. well, these private businesses are going to do are, do a better job with this property than these homeowners. So, sorry, we're kicking you out. And, uh, Colin, so, what yeah, did that you that say your name
1: sense. was? This is Frank. You sound just like <laughs> Jay Noon.
8: Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, that was it. And, uh, but basically, and I don't call myself a libertarian. I'm basically a minarch- minarchist because, uh, you know, I'm also a pragmatist, I think. You gotta, you gotta, you know, baby steps and, and reduce government, and then hopefully someday you can get to the point where, you can you can make the the jump. But uh, at this point, I just try to reduce harm in my in my life, and uh, either through through voting or just how I live my life.
0: Thank you for sharing that story, and I don't know if you heard the update on what happened. To that property they
2: developed the thing they pfizer, got
0: abandoned right pfizer moved in and then they moved out a few years later so the whole right. thing
2: <laughs> right they tore these people's houses down for nothing and i don't know for sure but that uh, development sat empty after pfizer left for a long time yeah, i don't know if it still is
0: that's what i was but, curious about i was trying to find like okay what's the status because pfizer the headlines about pfizer leaving was in 20 uh 2009 so it's been more than a decade uh since mm-hmm. pfizer took off from this deal that they had that the city was like you know oh we're gonna make so much tax revenue and, and their big anchor big loss. is gone so really just a slap i mean just the ultimate yeah. slap in the face insult to injury you know i hope these people left uh new london and didn't just like move across town you know, just these abusive scum that run the city. Frank, was there anything else you wanted to share? Okay, we're losing your signal anyway. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. If you guys uh, know the latest on what's happened to that particular piece of property, is it still like a, you know, just sitting empty? Uh, is there anything in that's uh, that's renting this particular complex, uh, this corporate structure that they created there in, in New London? I would love to know.
1: And to be fair, I knew the story about Lauren Canario. I didn't know what the Supreme Court thing was, and I didn't know what the name of the town was. But I knew her story, and that she had gone out there and helped protest the eminent domain thing. I I, I don't know. Um, maybe there are some you know decent uses for eminent domain. I don't I don't believe there are. But some of the least innocuous, ones, they're well, not always as simple as it seems. Like the roundabout that's getting built here in Keene. It seems like it's it's a good thing, right? It serves the the public and allows traffic to get through a lot faster. Yes, but there is this one convenience store gas station there Mm -hmm. that only has that little section as its entrance and exit, and it lost one of those entrances. Did it? Yes. They may have fixed it since.
0: I feel like it seems like it's okay. Like, when I've been going by it, I actually wondered myself the other day. I was like, did they really chop up that guy's property and— Looking at it, it seems like you can get in fine, but I don't well, know.
1: I don't know. Uh, the property owner seemed to be unhappy. Oh about yeah, it. he
0: wasn't happy about it. No doubt about it. No and doubt.
1: yeah, what um, may seem so, like a good idea to us actually could have done significant harm to his business. It could
0: have.
2: Right, and I know that same area, and they could have cut into the parking lot of the drugstore that was across the street. That's really what they wanted to do, but they just pick what's convenient for them. Sure. And I'm going to talk about auction theory. Uh, here in a moment because that um, uh, it solves a lot of the imminent evane problem.
0: All right, let's get into that coming up here. Uh, Plus the price caps, we didn't really talk enough about that. I think we should uh, jump back into that. The prison situation in El Salvador and more coming up in Hour 3.
7: Free Talk Live.
0: Talk Live. You can join the show and you can bring up anything you want as we kick off the third hour. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And joining you here tonight, we've got Ian. Aria. And Mark. We were talking about some of the international news, including... Coming up, El Salvador, the latest on their torturous prison experience that they've been subjecting tens of thousands of people to without any kind of criminal charges. Uh, yeah
1: thankfully i don't have to you know i'm going to prison next month less than 30 days out at this point thankfully it could be nothing worse like the el Salvador, i would just kill myself if i was going to el salvador's prison it's it like, looks um, awful yeah, you might talk, as well just kill yourself
0: we can talk more about that coming up here uh let's uh, go to the phones i know mark you want to talk about auction theory have not forgotten that we'll get into that and how that applies to things like eminent domain or rather replacing eminent domain but first sarah in new mexico go ahead sarah
9: Oh, yes. I just want we'll to bring up this uh under construction. It's a uh, Christian alcohol and drug rehab. And okay. then yeah, so you know that you guys are talking about jail time and you know, the thing is most of these people are court ordered. And what it means is that the judges feel like this is uh better served than punishing Criminals in jail some more, they would have preferred to put them in a Christian rehab home, as opposed to, um, like, letting them rot in jail. And, and it, it does make more sense, because it's, it's more of a supportive, loving environment, encouraging, rather than a punishing environment.
1: Those are not the words I think of when I think of Christians, <laughs> but go ahead.
9: Yeah, but it's supposed to be. And I talked to the pastor that people that run it used to be addicted to alcohol and drugs. All of these counselors were former um, alcoholic and um, that got over. You know, that got better from yeah. these yep. addictions. And they know? and
1: they all wanted to get better. And that's the that's the key piece of the puzzle. The the people that are being ordered into this rehab, they're never going to get better because they don't want. to. To get better. The moment they want to get better, one of these therapy programs, one of these rehab programs will work. But until they want it, no amount of court-appointed rehab is going to do any good.
9: Well, I mean, out of those, it's better than being in jail. Isn't it more free? You, you do get to go out and you're not in, you're not in prison. Just that's let whatever. them we do whatever, no whatever they
1: want that. that's not harming anyone. Let them smoke the crack and shoot up the heroin or whatever else it is they want to do.
9: Yeah, so you know, right. I just think it's a it's a better well, well, no, it's harmful. It's illegal because because people, a lot of people, have overdose. That's their
1: that's that's their choice, Sarah. If if they want to do something that's dangerous, let them do it.
9: Well, you know, it just I I don't th- I don't think so. You know what I mean? Why is, is it is it true that Sarah? in Texas if you?
2: should it be illegal yeah. to smear yourself in cow's blood and then go swimming um off the side of your boat in the gulf of mexico
9: well i i, I don't know what that's about you know should well, it, it be no, illegal, illegal.
2: <laughs> it could you you eaten by a bull shark or a tiger shark or a great white shark or um you know, any, any variety of big things with teeth may come along and you being soaked in cow blood and maybe just for a, a really good time on a Friday, you might soak yourself in fish blood um, and then, you know, jumping in the water. Is it a good idea? I'm going to go ahead and say it's not. And I don't no, it's support a good
9: it. idea.
2: Yeah, it's a bad idea. But it shouldn't no, be illegal.
9: Okay, people do wind up in jail. Not only do they do drugs and get drunk, they... Wind up fighting other people. They become violent. Yeah, so look,
0: that's that's not, not true of everybody it. who that's uses the... drugs. That's Plus, a...
1: it would just be an argument for not putting them in jail.
0: Well, if you're going to be well, violent I mean, with somebody, then you know there's a good argument to separate that person from the people that they're being violent with, or if they're you know continuing to have a problem with hurting people, then there's an argument to separate them permanently from other human beings. I, I think. Yeah. But the the average drug user isn't necessarily a violent person, uh, Sarah. Most of them just want to get high.
9: Well, the thing is that the wind up do get in jail that need all these programs is because they'd be like, well. My excuse was, well, well I was do- I was doing all these horrible things because I was drunk. I was on in-, in drugs. I can't remember nothing. That's the Oh, excuse. oh,
0: so because yeah, yeah, you can't handle your drugs, everybody else needs to be punished. Well, I just that's have that's why to why write they down go these- to
9: jail because they they're like they they're caught doing stupid things. No, like well, I was on drugs. I didn't mean to do it. No, a lot that, of
0: times people go to uh, jail for drugs because they happen to get pulled over and the drugs happen to get found in their car, even though they themselves weren't doing anything stupid in that moment, besides maybe letting the yes, police search were. their car.
1: What were they doing that yes, was stupid? Speeding, running
9: the red light,
0: that's <laughs> why they get pulled over. Thank no
1: one you. said they were speeding or running a red light.
9: Just, well, I mean, Sarah, you, you, so you don't drive, so you don't know. But
1: I have—I have literally been pulled over for nothing. On one of these occasions, Why I was told my blinker was blinking too quickly.
4: <laughs> I had the officer <laughs> on
1: video saying that.
9: Well, but overall, well, you know, I—I—I I, I had <laughs> commend these, um, you know, Christian homes because. A lot of these people do wind up in jail and drugs because they, they, they come from a under- So just to be clear,
0: though, Sarah, like, you're saying you want to force drug users into the Christian drug houses uh, for rehabilitation rather than put them in jail? Is that what you're saying?
9: Right, like keeping them longer in jail is further punishment. You'd rather be in an environment that gives you support and encouragement. I will that say that get, you know as I mean? far
0: as, you know, choices for forcing people to do things it's probably a better option to not put these people in jail but you're still forcing them to do something against their will sarah and i think aria you were pointing out that that generally doesn't have the effect that you're hoping that it's going to have when you force someone into treatment who isn't ready for it they don't appreciate it and in fact in a lot of cases what you what you'll actually see happen sarah is they'll ruin it for the people that are actually there seeking treatment for those for the people that are there who want to be there if you bring in a bunch of people who are like screw this i hate you know this nonsense go drugs or whatever and they're not ready to be rehabilitated then they're going to actually make the experience worse for the people that are trying to get help why would you want to do that to those people
9: well, the whole thing about the, the Christian base, the face base, is that there's something out be, beside yourself that's going to help you. Sarah, did you hear God anything power. that he no, said? No, she doesn't
0: con- have an actual con- uh, conversation. Thank you for the call tonight, Sarah.
1: I, just um, once, it would have been nice if she had addressed what you said or countered it instead of just moving on to how much she loves Jesus or whatever it was she was saying.
2: Look, um, I'm as against uh, doing mind altering substances as the next guy. But um, what I would say is is that if you want people to, to, to get the best result out of incarceration, your best bet is to leave them alone because the system simply can never, can never figure out the right way to incarcerate somebody it's there's it's not possible you're not going to catch them at the right times whereas a person just doing their own thing yeah they'll figure it out i'm looking for updates
0: in this case out of kilo and i found one actually i found two i found one from 2015 where they were talking about uh building a memorial park The city of New London talking about building a memorial park honoring the victims of their own eminent domain process. No, they're
1: not. (laughs) That's according to
0: Ilya Soman, who wrote for the Volko conspiracy at the Washington Post in 2015. This is a Washington Post story. So Uh,
1: they, they wanted to make a memorial for the people who lost their homes for their boondoggle?
0: That's what at least somebody proposed. I don't know if it ended up happening uh but I mean, that's
1: not the worst idea I've ever heard. It's just surprising.
2: I think I misunderstood. Closest thing I've ever heard the government do come to saying I'm they sorry. Were sorry, yeah. Uh the
0: I guess I misunderstood what had happened there. I thought they had built a facility and Pfizer left. But no, apparently they never even got that far. According to this story, Although the land was originally condemned for the purposes of promoting so-called economic development, the poorly designed original development plan and a number of later proposals fell through. The condemned property lies empty to this day. This was 2015 used only by feral cats. So I guess Pfizer had just said they would (laughs) occupy the property, but it never ended up getting constructed. Because of government boondoggle, bureaucracy, and just general incompetency. Good
1: lord, I, I didn't think that could, that story could get worse. A memorial is the least they could do. But, but if, instead of giving that memorial, instead of doing that memorial, give all of that money that you were going to spend on that stupid memorial, memorial to the people, rebuild their houses the best you can, and give it back.
0: So interestingly, this same guy, Ilya Soman, wrote an article within the last month. This was published on the sixth of this month. Okay. Uh, update from Reason.com, also the volkov Conspiracy. I'm not sure what that is. I know we've heard of that. You've, you've yeah, mentioned I've, it before, right, Mark?
2: Yeah, I. It, it's a uh, blog site.
0: Well, they're apparently being carried by Reason now. So uh Good for them. Oh, here's what it stands for. Mostly law professors, sometimes contrarian, often libertarian, always independent. Anyway, Ilya Soman writes an update here uh, saying that a new development project may finally build new housing on property whose condemnation for the economic development was upheld by the Supreme Court in the 2005 decision. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about Kilo versus the City of New London, the 5-4 to four decision by the Supreme Court in which the justices ruled that the condemnation of homes for so-called private economic development is permissible under the Takings Clause of the Fifth Amendment for eminent domain. Uh, and which only allows takings for a public use. Notoriously, the development project that supposedly justified the condemnations fell through, and nothing was actually built on the property where those homes previously stood. So they tore them down, they Jesus got God. rid of these people, they threw them
1: out. So in theory, those homes could be standing there, and these still people could still day. be living them. Up. Yes. So so they, they pulled the trigger before they loaded the guns, so
0: to speak. Basically. Since the last homeowners were forced out and their homes torn down, the only regular users of the condemned land were a colony of feral cats. That may now be in the process of changing. While I missed the news at the time, in January, the Renaissance City Development Association, which is the private nonprofit uh, development firm formerly known as the New London Development Corporation, which took ownership of the property after it was taken by eminent domain. And whenever you hear one of these New London Development Corporation, Manadnock here in this area new hampshire has its own development corporation it's always like the buddies of the city oh yeah it's it's the city right. government people who they can't legally do it themselves as the city or something so they make their own little corporation to funnel money into and they get their brother favors. to do it right. And their their right.
1: sister-in-law is the secretary there and they, you know So it's always a
0: sweet little deal. Yeah. So apparently the newly renamed New London Development Corporation, the Renaissance City Development Association, sold the condemned land to a different developer, which may plan to build new housing on it, according to the New London Day newspaper back in January. So who's going to own these houses? Are they just going to rent them? Uh don't know. Uh, parcels were labeled uh, sold at $500,000, apparently.
1: Oh, so they they sold this property to private individuals?
0: The property has been sold by the New London Development Corporation.
1: So they're back where they started, except the, the land and houses will be owned by different people? It's
0: not clear. Um, The corporation has got it right now. But apparently C3 was one of the parcels that were sold for $500,000. And 4A was sold for $1.00. These are the former sites of the residential properties condemned in the Kelo litigation. Suzette Kelo's infamous, or rather famous, Little Pink House, which became a nationally known symbol in the case, was on property 4A, which was sold for a dollar. I wonder what that's all about. A later story... Maybe they
1: sold it to her? It sounds like there's a story there.
0: Yeah, a later story published in February provides additional information, including that the low price of 4A was because of the, quote, cost of remediating the remaining contamination of soil and groundwater.
2: Well, there was a story that somebody might uh, contaminate you know, mm-hmm. the, their site in order to make things inhospitable. Mm. And I wouldn't blame anyone who did just such a thing. No doubt.
0: Uh, he says he hasn't been able to find any further information. What on could ex- be used to contaminate it like that? Some kind of chemical.
2: Uh, motor oil.
0: Oh, okay. The project is not listed on the company's website. The new owner is called RJ Development. And they describe another project in the area. RJ Development did not uh, return contact, apparently, before he went to press. Uh, Since 2005, several efforts to redevelop the land have fallen through. He says, hopefully this one will succeed. However, it certainly will not vindicate the kilo condemnations. The new development initiative is obviously different from the badly misconceived plan that led to the use of eminent domain over 20 years ago. Moreover, by the time any construction is completed, the land will have lain unused for nearly 20 years. From the standpoint of promoting development, this has been an enormous waste. And he says the uh, region— And the
2: destruction of American rights.
0: Right, because this Supreme Court case stands, and so any other city, quote-unquote, which is just a group of strangers that use violence uh, against you know other people, uh, any so-called city or town or whatever, or state— can now use this Supreme Court case to justify going in and taking anyone's property they want to, all they have to do is say, well, we'll get more tax dollars from the thing that we think will be built here once we take your property from you, so therefore
2: it's completely legal. They can literally well, take I would your point pro- out this, that, that this situation did cause several states to come down and say, hey, look, we're passing laws that say this is not possible here. Mm. Which is good. So
0: it's anyway, good. he's got a little bit more. But Mark, let's talk about this idea, this auction theory. What right. could a what could a, a corporation that they had their eyes on this property? Let's pretend like all the homes are still there. Uh, the corporation wants to develop something they think is going to be better. What would they have to do to come in and you know use this auction theory that you're talking about in a marketplace to accomplish their goal
2: without right. using so force? In- Instead of going to the government, which shouldn't have the power of eminent domain. Now, um, the caller called in. I can't remember his name, but he uh, said that he, you know, he can see eminent domain in certain circumstances. I've said the same thing on these airwaves in the past. And somebody sent me a little link to auction theory. And I read the whole thing because you know what? I'm not perfect and I can be wrong. Now, I know you don't hear talk show hosts say this very often. So I read the whole thing, and I really had to grok it. It wasn't uh, the easiest. This, this was written by college professors for college students in order to be uh, unaccessible to the rest of us. And this uh, auction theory basically goes, you know, um, let's talk about putting a road in because that's a little easier for me. Okay. Um, so you got point A. The road needs to go from point A to point B and the shortest route between point A and point B is a straight line. But we all know roads don't generally go through straight lines. Um, You know, some neighborhoods that they pre-planned out or whatever, but generally they don't. So what you do is you take, say three paths from point A to point B, paths of least resistance, and you go along each path talking to everybody who's in the properties along that path. And you say to them, all right, We're uh, building a road, and if we'd like to offer you this for your property, and if everybody along this route takes this offer, then we'll give you this. And then you get them to sign a piece of paper. Now, what this does is it stops that situation for that one loan holdout, Mm. because the one loan holdout isn't going to get what they want. They're just going to hold up the process for everybody. And maybe their neighbors are like, hey, you know, sure would love to sell for this price. It looks good. And the obviously, the longer the route is, the less likely this works. But pre- presumably, you have more options with a longer route. So ultimately, you can not go through the government, not spend the money on the graft and the kickbacks and just give that money to the homeowners, offer that, excuse me, offer that money to the homeowners. And if they can all get together and agree, we're going to sell for this price, then they'll do it. Now you'll get your, you'll, you'll probably pay a bit more for this property than it's worth, but it won't be a hundred percent more. It'll just be a little bit more because mm-hmm. in theory, each one of these groups is competing against the other one.
0: Just to clarify what you said here. So you've got the the straight route, the the shortest route, but then they'll have alternatives. Right. Because if there is a holdout in there, they have to have two, three different other options. Right. And then they offer do they offer all three of them? All, let's say they have three potential routes. One's the shortest, and then two are longer. They go different different directions. Do they make the offers all at the same time, or do they try the first route first uh, and see if they they get it? If not, then they go through routes two and three, or do you know?
2: The way it was presented to me, um, and I'm sure that the marketplace can come up with better auction theory than mm-hmm. the way it was presented to me, 10 years ago. Yeah. But the way it was presented to me is you just, uh, you know, whip out these three offers to these three different groups. And mm-hmm. that's that. So for instance, in Keene, when they're putting in the roundabout there in the corner of um, what is it? Is that Marlboro and
1: no, it's Winchester and um,
2: Winchester doesn't and, where it is. It is. and key. Thank you. Um, you know, they've got a gas station there. They got a drugstore there. They got like a dental mm-hmm. office there and they've got, um, you know, like a T-Mobile, a building with a T-Mobile in it. And they just offer each one of those corner properties, whatever, 50,000, 500,000, whatever they're going to offer for the one and say, and see who wants it. That makes sense. And the one who takes it, that's where you put the, that's where you lean the circle into. Yeah.
0: Makes total sense. Uh, If you want to comment, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. turns out
2: there are voluntary options and solutions. Yeah. Let's say that, uh, for instance, the circle needs to cross three properties and there's no way to do it. It can be more or less on three properties, but it has to go across three properties. You just present three different options to the three different property owners and say, all right, in this case, you get ten thousand dollars and you get. Uh, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you get 25,000 or another circumstance is, is you get this and that. And then you just see who signs what first. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you, the first, the first one who's got a signature on this is the one that I'm going to take or whatever um, criteria it is you've got in place. Let's go to the
0: phones here. We've got David, Butt on the line in New Mexico, you're on free talk live. What'd you call me? Mr. Dave- Butt, Mr. Butt? Yeah. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, Mister Bud.
10: Yes, Mister yeah. Bud. Thank you very much. What's on your mind? I had forgotten my my true identity. Um, oh, first of all, before I get to my point, uh, you, you had a, you said you had a gentleman that called in earlier talking about Kosovo. That sir is no gentleman. That's Chuckles, a clown <laughs> from Longview, Washington. So okay, right, Chuckle. And, what were you we uh, calling about tonight? I was calling about uh, fact, logic, right. reason, deduction. And we'll do this in a, in a fun way so nobody gets their feelings hurt. Oh, good. Um, when when, when um, you had referred to me oh, uh, in derogatory terms, uh, Aria or critical terms, we'll say, Aria and uh, Ian, uh, first of all, um, you've heard of the chicken and the egg theory, right? Sure. Okay. So um, did, did, it, did it occur to you when you labeled me that I... Are oh, uh, you still calling
0: egg. in about something that happened in the past? Yeah. Really? It's just not fun. He said this was going to be fun. I don't know, man. It's been amusing so far. Are you far. having fun? If you want if you're having fun, I will put him on hold. It may be worth it. All right. All right. We'll put him on hold here. Uh, more with Mr. Butt coming up here in moments. He's butthurt, apparently, tonight about something. And we're going to continue. And you can share your thoughts as well. Free Talk Live. Talk Live. You can join the show. We got time for you. You can dial in now. At 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian Aria Mark here with you tonight. You can join us online anytime you want. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have for you there. Uh, You can join us online and those things like archives go back for years. There's ways to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there. And also I want to say thanks to uh, Mark Warden over at the Porcupine Real Estate where they're doing some cool seminars or webinars online that you can join. And you can learn about some of the amazing things and the success stories that we've had happening here in New Hampshire as thousands of uh, liberty-oriented activists have been moving here over the last couple of decades, and still more are coming in every month. There's new people moving in all across the state, and many of those people have used Porcupine Real Estate to secure housing. Uh, not just uh, buying housing, but they also can help you get connected with some rentals if you just want to you know, land in a rental and kind of check things out. Very, very helpful folks over there. But they've got topics they're going to be covering like gun freedoms, medical freedom, political freedom victories, best practices on moving to the free state, and finding housing. You can get signed up. They are free to attend. All you got to do is just register, and we've got a website that will take you right there. Just go to move.freetalklive.com. That will forward you right over to the Porcupine Real Estate sign-up page at move.freetalklive.com. Get signed up there, and you can visit their YouTube channel, which is called Porcupine Real Estate, to see videos from their past presentations we've got mr butt on the line and he's a little butt hurt tonight uh you're back on free talk live is that cat okay
10: that's my cat telling you what uh she thinks of you is, is that a real cat that's
1: a pretty good sound effect of that
10: that's a real cat. And so it was that one and 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 that one. And that one, and that one, and that
2: one. Somebody loves him.
10: So. <laughs> <laughs> what were you calling about? No, tonight? Nobody, not, e- not, e- not even the cat loves me, man. Even though if he didn't, nobody, nobody loved me. Nobody loved me. I can't All get no right. love, man. And so, um, uh, so, uh, oh, first of all, uh, stop talking
0: about Kosovo because you don't know what you're talking about. But so when we didn't say we knew what we were talking about, we
2: said <laughs> I we think were... we were very clear. We did not know we what we said were talking oh, about. We were reading
0: okay. a news article, and nothing should be believed when it comes to war, as far as news is concerned.
10: Right, but you were giving an opinion, and then your opinion is all wrong. So, you, you well, what's just, the you opinion?
0: What's wrong? My opinion was people should stop no, fighting. No, no, no. I think that's a good opinion. Yeah. That's a
10: good opinion. I agree with that opinion. So. Uh, so back to uh, uh, Mr. Butt Hurt. Uh, yeah. So Mr. Butt is hurt because, yeah, so, so Ian, when, when you labeled Mr. Butt Hurt uh, some, some critical term, um, is there any legitimacy to your
0: comment? I don't know. You haven't told us what you're upset about yet, but you're, it sounded like you were going to complain about some previous call. You said we called you a no, name. No, so. no, no, no. no. We're, not, we're, not, we're not
10: complaining about previous calls. We're, we're oh. having this, this discussion of fact, reason, logic, deduction. And we're just using, we're just using previous events to, uh, to apply those tools. Okay, why don't you reason, go ahead logic.
0: with what you were going to say? Okay,
10: so, so there's two main points here. One, when and any of you, in in particular, uh, uh, Aria and Ian, uh, uh, labeled Mr. Butt hurt in critical terms, you know, like a hole. Um, is there any legitimacy to those to those comments on your part? We're talking about something that happened two weeks ago now, right? Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't, I didn't remember it a week it ago. Man.
10: It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're not. It doesn't matter when it doesn't matter when it happened. We're talking about remember factories and logic deduction, and we're just using a scenario. Is it possible to, to that those... in the
0: past? You sir have behaved as an a-hole on the air.
10: So you're answering a question with a question. So let me re- let me re-ask the question: uh, Is there any legitimacy when you made those comments? Is there any legitimacy to what you said, or is it all just uh, yes? It uh, was ooh-hoo.
1: it was completely legitimate. What we said about you was correct and accurate
0: at one okay, time. And there's you. some there's some times when you call and you're informative yeah. and you're interesting, and sometimes you call in and you sound like you got a little stick up your you know what. Right. So now,
10: now, so what? What you you just uh, said that there is legitimacy to the things that you had said about me. So the the things uh, I don't even
1: remember what they were, by the way.
10: Yeah, there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter for our for our little. It seems to matter to you. No, 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 no. We're talking about process here. We're not talking about specific events. Okay. Now, in
1: analyzing process, how about trying the process of pulling that stick out, David? (laughs)
10: When, when, when we'll, we'll deal with humor later. Right, we'll, we'll just leave an inserted. Uh, when, there. <laughs> when people label you folks in any sort of critical terms, is there also legitimacy to their feelings? There may be. David, I get insulted there, on a daily basis, there, man. I don't care. There, there, there may, there may, there may be. Oh, so, so there's a possibility that there never is because there only may be. Is that what
0: you're saying, Ian? No, that's not what I'm saying. I think you're getting to the point of absurdity here, but uh, what's the no, point no, no, you're no, trying no, to no. make? No, I'm
10: just, I'm just using the English language exactly uh, to its definition of the words. Okay, so. Um, people can so have whatever have
0: feelings people... they want to have. And are they legitimate? I don't know what that means. I mean, to them, are I they suppose. Accurate? Are they accurate? Are Let's they necessary? Maybe of... not. Let's. Let's get out of ther- Feelings ther-thoric. are not and have um,
1: never been an accurate gauge of truth. You know that why? that's why people feeling like the earth is flat I, or whatever doesn't really mean anything. Okay. Feelings are not so, a valid pathway well, to truth.
10: Thank you very much, Arya. So let's use what you just said, Aria. So w- when you uh, label me in critical terms, is that a feeling that you're labeling me with, or what is it?
1: I don't think it matters. I don't remember what I labeled you with, so I he can't brought answer it up. that. That's it's the an, word a-hole. Irrele- I wouldn't have irrelevant said that on what? the air.
10: Now, I think you, I refer I, to my, my term. Let's use my terminology: critical terms. But well, you're very so butthurt. But
1: that that would be that would be one I would go with. That's an observation, uh, okay, and,
10: by the way. Okay, so it's an observation,
0: not a feeling. Is that correct, Aria?
1: I don't know, and I don't really care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, how what's the we point you're trying to make exactly? What is the point you're driving like, at?
10: I'm well. You're like uh, in, Elmer Fudd lizard. trying to
1: catch Bugs in, Bunny no, no, no. in 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 a in a no, word no, no, no. game. And like, dude, no, I'm just so no, not interested. I,
10: I'm just trying to hold you accountable to the English language. No, you're trying to I'm hunt trying the to wascally
1: wabbit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the call well, no, tonight. No, no.
1: <laughs> I can't see anything more in what he's doing than that. I mean, he's like, oh, he's like Elmer Fudd at this point. He's like, that gosh darn wabbit. Yeah.
0: I, uh, I held on to him, and then you said you weren't interested, so he's he's gone. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603. It seemed
1: interesting at first. Yeah. And then it was just, yeah, more of the same as...
0: Word games. Yeah. Uh, 603-283-6160. Look, I'm, if he's upset still that somebody, I think it was me, referred to him as an a-hole at times Two on weeks Free ago. Talk Live a couple of weeks ago, then you got to get over things, dude. I mean, I've I've said you can be interesting, you can be informative. He's he's been a lot of things over the years that yeah. he's been calling this show virtually every single night. And like I said earlier in the show tonight when we were talking about good shows versus bad shows, you do 300 plus shows a year, you're going to have some bad ones in you. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Similarly, if you call every night, some calls are going to be better than others. And if you're upset about something, I don't know, maybe something happened in your life, and you bring that into the table, your frustration, maybe because we know he's had some bad court uh, experiences before, and we've we've talked about a lot of those things, we've heard his story, and they're terrible. Uh, a lot of the things that have that have happened, tragic, uh, you know, and you you bring that on the air with you, and you're upset about that, and it comes out on the air, and it comes out as hostility against the people on the air you can't blame the people on the air who might turn back around and give a little bit back to you. So if you don't want to be called an a-hole, try not to be one. Yeah. I'm I, i I'm Tim. I'm almost tempted
1: to listen to this episode from two weeks ago. For th- just Good for that. It. Summer, but, yeah. I don't care that much. And, only David cares that much. Yeah. Like, really, David, I, I don't know how you can live your life being as sensitive as you are. I, I commented on Luke Radowski's Twitter today.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, I,
1: I know him, right? I've met him in real life. We've hung out. And I was like, "Hey, man, you seem to be fostering a lot of hate in your comments here, and that may be Mm -hmm. something we're thinking about." This was
0: in regards to some kind of yeah, some sort of uh, LGBT thing, yeah. Yeah.
1: And like immediately, within an hour, had like fifty comments from people calling me a groomer, or "You're a man anyway," Mm -hmm. "You're ugly," blah blah blah. No one cares what you think, freak. And it was just filled with that. Like if I was David. Well, how how could David even exist with that kind of negativity? No, coming that's why he
0: probably him? lives out in the middle of nowhere.
1: That's probably exactly why. But like David, you you gotta stop being such a little girl.
0: Man. By the way, I, I thought it was an interesting comment you made because I think it's a concern that so many of these libertarian people who should know better uh, are pandering to conservatives, and I think that's what you were. Suggesting that Luke was, I think was so,
1: because it. it's, I mean, yeah, sure. You want more followers? There's a reason that even though he knows me, he didn't come in the comment section. Well, he like, hey didn't. guys, you guys are way off base right. here. I mean, and it's because he doesn't want to attack. He, you know, he somebody clicked that follow button and that feels yep. good. And the more he can appeal to more conservatives, the He's more they'll money click off that of follow this, button. These guys, too, yeah. right?
0: He's selling T-shirts.
1: And it's like, yeah, but at this point, man, you're you're selling, you're monetizing hate.
2: Yeah,
0: that's not good.
1: And you're you're better than that. I know you're better than that.
2: Well, I can't comment on the Luke Radowski thing, but um, I can say that within the liberty movement, um, you know, I there are people, there are conservatives uh, parading around as libertarians, but there are also people that are just coming to these ideas at different times. So, um, you know, I can understand somebody who says, I just, I, I, I just can't live with the idea of a, a man wearing a skirt or whatever. Um, and it was. You know, it was foisted upon me um, in the form of Aria and, and actually friends from before that. And You, sir, voluntarily put a skirt and a wig on, I believe, many years ago when you were Woe witch. I uh, did dress in drag yes, uh, one time right. to prove a point, which was <laughs> that trans women shouldn't be in the shrine of female listeners. That's a, true free talk live uh, web page that we have long since retired because it just doesn't, it, it's just not appropriate any longer. Um, we so, have a,
0: a picked a uh, page back when we were a local show and for some limited amount of time when we were a syndicated show, which featured photos of alleged female listeners of the show. Okay. It, I borrowed it from Phil Hendry a long yeah. time ago. For the, for the it, thirsty
1: listeners, right?
2: <laughs> yep. That was it. <laughs> And I had all along said that the only requirement for membership of the Shina Female Listeners is two X chromosomes. And, but you um, don't know
1: the, the chromosomal makeup of any of them.
2: No, that is true. That is right. true. Right. I, but I made a guess um, in one circumstance. You know, it, it was a bit on a show. I hope that the person who, uh, that you know, now... i I hope in retrospect that person understands it was a bit on a show uh but at the time that was my stance i don't think
0: it was it even ever brought like was it even an issue i think you had just brought it up right or did somebody try to get in who was trans like it was an
2: issue you put a trans woman in the shrine of female listeners i don't even remember (laughs) right 's been It has been a very long time. This was two thousand and five, but the Mark, Mark, um, the
1: reason I point out the chromosome thing is because that 's something I encounter all the time from people It's like sure. oh, well, a woman or someone with two x chromosomes and they don 't know anyone 's chromosome woman they don 't even know their own chromosomal makeup they 're just assuming that they know, and then they're forcing everyone into one or two categories based on their assumption, and that's certifiably. Insane! They're assuming things about 100% of the population and then drawing hard limits on what is and isn't real based on that assumption. I can't imagine anything crazier than that. I can imagine plenty of things crazier than that, but that's still completely crazy.
2: Well, I haven't looked at the uh, genetic studies as to how many men have XY chromosomes and how many women have XX chromosomes, and I do know that there's chromosomal variation in so much as XXY, XYY, and a few things like that. Yeah, it's up to um,
1: like 2% known, isn't it?
2: I don't know the answer to that. If 2% two, is two a pretty good deviation, but it also says that 49% of uh, you know the human population is XX, and 49% is XY. Yeah, but the reason Um, that's
1: significant is because no one's claiming that trans represent a huge portion of the population. It's usually less than 1%. And if I recall correctly, I don't remember this myself because I'm not a biologist. I'm not that interested in the subject, but I'm pretty sure the chromosomal variance is like 2% of the
2: population
1: as some variants of just not XY or XX.
2: I brought it up. To show that I'd had growth in this particular area and that different people will have growth at different rates at different times and that I'm hoping for that growth. Now, I can also say I haven't reached the end if the end is 49 different uh, genders and, you know, having to use (laughs) uh, whatever pronouns anyone says. I mean, I'm just too much of a libertarian. You can F off if uh, you think I'm just going to, you know, spend my time trying to memorize pronouns for different people. Yeah, But um, I'm going to pass on that one, too. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Especially if you're talking about using the plural oh, yeah. to describe they. the singular. That is uh, so the last me. hill upon which I will die. And, and you're seeing
0: it now, by the way, in mainstream media coverage. They'll refer to people as they in uh, mainstream people writing for like major publications are using the word they to describe non-binary types of people and
1: I get doing sort of it for thing. a vague unknown person right that that's that's standard in literature if you don't know the
2: genders of the person that you're referring
1: to use they even it's if it's not only right. one person it's
2: standard it's right. to a point, right? It's standard until you don't use it because language has to have a standard. Otherwise, it fails at its original purpose. And if its purpose is to communicate that there is one person about which you're talking and you continue to use they and them to describe one person without any kind of disambiguation involved there, then you're creating a lot more confusion than you're solving
4: yeah. I now there are but... instances when
2: you say that person over there, I think they may be on fire. Um, right? Like, there's an instance where you can use the plural as singular, and it does happen. Yeah. But the suggestion, um, and I'm not saying you're doing it, but I'm I'm arguing with the imaginary trans lunatic out here. <laughs> um, the <laughs> the uh, the suggestion that somehow I can say, here's my friend. They have uh, n- they have six fingers. Don't touch them on one of the fingers. It's hurt, right? Like you just keep on. What What are you talking? Are we talking about a group? Like if they come in the middle of the conversation, especially on, say, radio, where people come in in the middle of the conversation all the time, it is just a death knell for communication. You're just not doing it successfully. So, again, final hill for um, upon which I will die.
1: I, mean, I agree with that. I just don't know that I I, I consider it a hill that I would be willing to die on. I'm with you, right? And, you know, I'll fight on that hill, but I'm not willing to die on that particular hill.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about something else. (laughs) So uh, we talked earlier in the show about these soft price caps that they're talking with the grocery stores in the UK. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunyak, uh, is having discussions, apparently, with these grocery stores. Apparently, they're trying to put in... A system that is similar to what is already in place in France, where the country's major retailers have agreed, supposedly voluntarily, to charge the, quote, lowest possible amount, unquote, for some essential food products. How is this not... Price gouging or price, price fixing
1: or what, what? What is it when co- when a, companies do this? It's and a it's, price control. It's,
0: bad. it's a price control when it's mandatory, right? If it's a voluntary agreement, it's like not quite to that level. Yeah, but
1: it's bad. If we had you know CVS and Walgreens and every other drug company pharmacy sitting around, go okay, we're we're going to charge five dollars per aspirin. It that's bad that that You're about collusion, Yeah, okay. collusion. There's a word for it, yeah. and I can't think of it. That's what they're doing here. That's still bad. You you can't have all the businesses cooperating and saying, eh, "This is what we're going to charge."
0: Well, the proposal is uh, for a French-style agreement on food price caps here, according to the story at the Telegraph has been quietly discussed among industry figures in the last two weeks. In France, the supermarkets that signed up to the deal, so again, doesn't sound like they all agreed to it because it is quote-unquote voluntary, each identified items in their own shops that will be subject to price freezes or reductions, in many cases their own brand items, so the private label stuff, were selected on the basis that retailers found it easiest to control their costs. But one source briefed on the plan warned that it would be anti-market and could harm smaller retailers who would lose business to the supermarkets offering cut-price items.
1: Well, yeah, if you don't make your own cereal, then you can't easily control the cost of the cereal that you're selling. You're at the mercy of the distributors.
0: The source added, quote, It's very easy to point the finger at retailers and say they're making a fortune, but some of the margins they're operating at are not that big. It's quite tight. And that's what we were talking about earlier with the margins at these grocery stores being usually around two to I mean, three percent.
1: Most business. What do these people think people are making in profits? Like 40 percent. It's, it's. I. I'd be. If you have a business that makes ten percent in profit, sign me up. I'll, I'll run one of those.
0: The
2: source When you're is- talking about businesses that sell big ticket items and very few of them, they're much more likely to make uh, a large amount of money on each one of those items. I'm not talking about cars, but I am sort of talking about, say, wooden sheds or mm-hmm. uh, something like that, even jewelry. Um, you know, it, would, it used to one. be, it's been some time, but it used to be that they got a keystone on jewelry. I don't know what it is like now. I'm not uh, looking into that. In fact, I... Uh, best I can tell, they're growing uh, diamonds and labs and uh, jewelry is about ready to to tank. So
0: what we're still not too clear on here is what exactly the, you know, the carrot is in this particular case. Because the government the thugs in the UK are acting like this is a voluntary choice. So, you know, what are they enticing these supermarkets with exactly? The source I mean, this is also
1: just another step towards socialism, right? Why even bother with it at this point? Just have the government take over the grocery stores and have government-brand cereal, government-brand milk, government-brand eggs. Well, we know how that goes. No, that, th- this goes the same way.
0: Well, I don't know. It would be interesting to see how things have been going in France. I'm not sure how long uh, oh, okay, here it is. Uh, so the French government's deal with retailers was announced in March. So this is by no means an established program. We have not had enough time <laughs> to really see— uh, what may result from these uh, price controls in the long term? Now, as the you same pointed, thing that
2: always results from price
0: controls—shortages. Yes, I, under- I understand what you're saying. However, in this, pre- and I'm I'm not defending this. Okay, right. I'm just trying to think it think out loud about it. Is if they're just asking these companies to price at the lowest possible price, they're not losing money. Because they're not going to do that unless they are doing it as a loss leader. But generally, a company is not going to price below their cost. So they're just asking them to trim the profits that they're making on these items. That's not pricing below cost. And so while it may result in still these things selling quicker... And possible shortages. It's not going to be the same thing as them coming in like during a hurricane and saying, you know, you have to sell batteries at the normal price when they're worth ten times as, as much because of uh, because of the demand. Which definitely those things cause instantaneous shortages. So yes, maybe these these will cause shortages, but it may take some time uh, before yeah. they start showing themselves. People aren't in France. It doesn't sound like people are beating each other up to go and get the you know slightly lower cost uh, loaf of bread. But
1: how simple do these people think economics really is, that the government can just say, okay, a um, dollar per stick of butter, that's fine, and it not affect people's wages, people's hours, and then the, the stuff that they need to buy, those wage those people who stock the butter. Now they, they have to work fewer hours because the company's making less to pay that's them. That's a good and point. They, yeah. they have to spend less and money elsewhere, the- which gives you less money to spend elsewhere, and this is vis- this vicious, complicated yeah, good point.
2: cycle. And, and that suggests that they'll even have the opportunity to get butter. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, in all likelihood, the manufacturer of butter is going to sell butter someplace that is not where the price control is, presuming the price control matters at all. If the price control matters at all, it's only going to benefit the business because. And this is what people don't get. No one would put price controls in to benefit the business. Are you kidding? These big corporations? But the the, the butter manufacturer isn't going to send it where the price is artificially low. He's only going to send it where it's artificially high. So if you price butter at a dollar and the market says it's 79 cents, that, but this, you know, this area of the country or this area of the world has to sell it at a dollar, well, then that's where the butter is going to go
0: the french government uh deal has now it sounds like they're they're pulling out the stick okay so according to this story here mr lemar this is the finance minister in france bruno lemar said the initiative was being extended for another quarter with food inflation running at a record 15% he later totally t-
1: unrelated by the way to the to the price controls and the everything yeah, it else has to do with them
0: printing money uh, he later threatened to raise taxes on retailers to quote recover profits unfairly made on the back of consumers unquote if they refuse to lower prices further so now we get a taste of what kind of negotiating tactics so it's are not going voluntary anymore yeah, well it's still quote unquote voluntary but oh, now we know if why. you don't volunteer
1: to do this <laughs> I'm gonna rob you.
2: Right. Yeah, that's classic They're going to rob government. you harder. They're yeah, already yeah. getting robbed. Good point. <laughs> the government never had any intention of being voluntary. <laughs> That's not the way they operate. Nope. Nothing they do is voluntary. I would warn the people of the United Kingdom, however much you may think this is a good idea,
1: even though they're pitching it as voluntary now, where, as you can see in France, right there, it doesn't stay voluntary long. No,
0: and it ain't bringing the, the food prices down. They're saying 15% food inflation, uh-huh. right? Uh, so out of time tonight. Back tomorrow. You can join us online. In the meantime, over at freetalklive.com. And check out our uh, chat server at chat.freetalklive.com.
2: This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.